You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Warcraft Reloaded, a podcast brought to you by Mash Those Buttons, covering World of Warcraft Classic, TBC Classic, now Wrath Classic, and its community. I am Bobby, also known as Blazing Bob, and today we are rejoined by Rugs. How you doing? Yo, what's up, Bob? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me here. Definitely. Always good to have you, and love it, love it. And also... Our very first guest of all time, re- returning once again, I think this is number four. Welcome, Sal Dally. It is. Ooh, fourth, fourth time feels so exclusive then. Wow. <laughs> very exciting. Very cool. Very cool. And, and uh, you and uh, Rugs got to meet right before the show, which was really cool, too. Yeah, somehow, like throughout the content creator space, we've yet to actually cross paths till now, but better late than never. That's definitely one of that's been one of my favorite things is getting to meet everyone in the content creation space. And so it's an honor. Sal Dali. Hell yeah. Also, same, I have a question for you, man. Idea. Your name, Sal Dali. Yeah. <clears throat> Am I saying it right? And is it Sal Dali? And did you get that name because you're anticipating Wrath coming out and calling for Salve on Dali? <laughs> well, I don't think Salve exists in Wrath, does it? Yeah, dude, well, it's a cool well, it's, it's an external they change it, don't they? Yeah. Yep. I mean, no, that's it's a completely separate thing. Like it's based on Salvador Dali. And it's not like I have any particular obsession with that artist. I mean, it's fine, he's fine, but anybody who watched my Twitch channel knows I've explained this a million times. But basically, the origin is the retail character that I played way back in the day when I started playing vanilla as like a 12-year-old kid was um, I was big into liches after playing Warcraft 3, being into Kel'Thuzad, so I was 12-year-old cringy me chose duh, like D-A, and then Lich, Lord, and others found that probably kind of cringy, even if they didn't call that out, so they would l- largely just shorten my name when they, they actually talked to me, <laughs> just the first four letters, Dally, and so that's ultimately what ended up, like, my name in WoW kind of by default ended up being was Dally, and so when I was on P-Servers, I needed to kind of come up with a name where I still was still familiar with, but wasn't maybe like the name that I chose back in the day. So went with Dally. And then eventually when I re-rolled a warrior, I needed, I wanted a name that like has a, had a natural follow-up connection, but wasn't exactly the same. So I figured, okay, Salvador is kind of like the, the natural follow-up to go with the Salvador Dally theme. And so there you go. That's awesome. It's, it's Don't crazy. Be sim- oh, so- Don't be, sorry, su- go don't ahead. be surprised. Don't be surprised if raid leaders start saying Salve Dally, Salve Dally in Wrath. That will be funny. And it's that a will raid be call. really it's funny. Not your name. And it's not the first someone's thought of that. Yeah. It actually tends to get a little confusing because when I'm asking for Salve, it can get kind of weird. Like, I need Salve, Salve Dally, please. <laughs> didn't, th- didn't think of that one in advance, but oh well. That is I, I used to play Horde, so it used not to be a problem. Well, it's, it's crazy that, that you asked that, Rugs, because... Okay, so everybody knows the first time a guest comes on, I do a little get-to-know-them interview, right? 
Well, it wasn't until the very last one that I did that I was like, that I asked how you came up with your name. And I was like, why haven't I asked everybody that? That's a great question. So, yeah, that's on the docket for everything going forward. So, Rugs, how did you get your name? Uh, not as fun of a story, um, but it's pretty simple. Uh, name used to be Drugs. I thought I would clean it up, make it four letters. Um, you just drop the just letter off? Drop a letter <laughs> off the front, make it a little more PG and just marketable. And just Rugs just is nice, short and sweet. I like it and just went for that. Um Probably around something like four years ago, five years ago, maybe, and uh, been sticking with it ever since. Funny. Yeah. Everybody seems to think that my name is because I'm a stoner, but it's really not. It's just because I came up with it when I was a very small kid and didn't know how to spell blazon. Really it. That's really how it happened. But uh, yeah, so. Yours, yours has a more unique spin on it anyway. So. <laughs> It's kind of funny how everybody's names usually end up end up being like shortened or at least modified versions of like some original name that they don't really like anymore. (laughs) Well, and originally it was just Blazin or Blazin Wolf when I was a really little kid. (laughs) (laughs) Someone in your chat says, yeah, maybe drop the B, just be Blazin Bob. (laughs) Blazin' Bob. I want to cosplay as Blazin' Wolf this Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) Blazin' Wolf. Adventurer. Oh, man. All right, well. This is uh this is gonna be the quick uh top of the show. I want to remind everybody we do stream live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash blazinbob. That's B-L-A-Z-Z-I-N-B-O-B. I want to thank our tank uh uh patrons, uh, which will be Thick Lizzie and Talon. And I want everybody to know if you want to check out the patron now, I have changed it to to monthly. So if you'd like to get in on that, please check it out. We would love your support. Uh, we, we did not get any new, uh, new voicemails this, this week, unfortunately, but if anybody wants to leave one in the future, the number is 816-866-1066. We do have a fan that's working on, or I should say not a fan, a, a, a listener that's working on making something for the EU side, possibly. So something that's, that's. You can still send a a voice message, but I don't think it'll be by your phone. So, but we might still be doing that. Uh, we had a uh, we had a couple new new reviews. I wish Mel was here because I hate reading these things. Actually, can I talk Sal Dally into using his great voice for this first <laughs> one? I could do one. Sure. Awesome. Well, let's do that. All right. Looks like the first one is a five-star review. That's a good start from Anime Man. Lots of numbers. He says, it's the best WoW podcast. Awesome podcast, guys. Just got done with a 10-year prison sentence and got back into WoW. Welcome back, I guess. It's like I never left with Classic again. Hyped to play ICC again with friends and looking forward to listening to y'all every week. Shout out to my buddy Taylor for the recommendation. Keep up the good work. Picky from Benediction. Well, thank you, Picky. I hope that you are... I'm, I, you know, I'm just guessing that it wasn't a violent crime, and uh, I'm hoping you are, you know, doing good and getting back into the world. We actually lost one of our best raiders in Vanilla. He went to prison. It was very sad. He was a very nice guy. 
Wow. Well, at least he timed it perfectly with the whole, like, you know, he, he went there when Classic was at the, at the end of its good stage and he came right back for, for just in time for it to be good again. Perfect. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, this guy... Maybe not quite the way he looks at life, but, you know, he's got to find the silver lines, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's almost like, if you think about it, like, 10 years, well, he would have, like, went in right around during Cata, right? And now he's right, coming like, back plus, out. Plus the end of breath, yeah. Yeah. Well, good on that. Cool. And then the the, uh, the next one's just funny. It's uh, these are two from Australia, but I believe they're from the same person. It says uh, it's from um, Falcon Mick, and it says awesome show. Wish I could could give them five stars every week. Then the next one says just just a reminder that your wife's phone can also leave five star reviews. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you for going above and beyond. Thank you so much. All right. Well, that, that gets us through the, the, the whole start. Uh, what have you guys been doing lately in WoW? Like, just whatever. And so much. Uh, I guess I'll go first. Um, let's see. Well, I've been doing speedrunning with progress. We've been speedrunning Sunwell Plateau over the past few weeks or so, and that's been kind of ramping up lately. And uh, progress, actually, I guess it was last week at this point, was able to set the Sunwell Plateau world record. So that was fun. Got to participate in that. And um, the guild's largely been focused on doing that and then also preparing for Wrath, obviously. So the gold guild, just like for every every major release, I guess, will be to get world first nax clear and hopefully obsidian sanctum and i have eternity we'll see about that so been doing the, the raid testing on the beta as well so got to experience uh the raids at least in that context any plans on like like world first hard modes achievements things of that nature i'm sure people will be concentrating on that some at least uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really know I, I think the guild collectively doesn't really know yet how much we're going to care about achievements like on the one hand it does seem sort of right up our alley to go for interesting PVE challenges, but at the same time, uh, you, there's not really any incentive to do it besides bragging rights, and Progress is not really the guild that does a lot of things purely for bragging rights. I mean, you, you speedrun largely for bragging rights. Let's, let's not kid ourselves here, but <laughs> <laughs> we largely do it, I guess, just for the, the purpose of trying to push ourselves and just enjoy the game that we like. We enjoy, the, the, enjoy playing the game the way we like to play it, so... Yeah, we've talked about like, do, do we care about getting like the the weird, wonky, like immortal knack sort of stuff? I, I don't really know yet, to be honest. Like, we'll for sure still focus on the stuff we've always focused on, which is trying to get world first and speed running. But as to whether like how well we can integrate the the whole achievement thing, I don't know. I guess we'll see. My, yes. If I had to guess, the the answer is we'll probably end up doing stuff that's mostly related to like speed running. So if we if we happen to speed run and like oh well you, know, you could get this achievement while you're at it, then we can probably do it. But I'm not sure if we'll go out of our way to get stuff. We'll see. How is uh how is the community collectively doing? Because like basically the achievement for world first clears is going to go to whoever clears each of the raid uh, of of the the three raids first, right? And then the ten man versions of them also, but like, does the com does the community kind of feel just like they did say at SSC TK like that the true the true speed run or the true world first is whoever gets all of the raids done first? Like, is that what do you think is going to be at Wrath? Well, 
I feel like when it comes to rats, specifically phase one, it'll likely be somewhat of the case, like an unspoken, like, yeah, whoever clears all of them first. But just when it comes to realm first and wrath and world first and wrath phase one, KT is it. The, the first guild to kill Kel'Thuzad and Nax, like, that's the real winner because you can't get to KT or you can't get to Maligos, for example, to do an EOE world first until you kill Saffron. And so the only way you would get like a world first Saffron is if you got to or a world first EOE is you got to Saffron and then intentionally left, let someone else get world first and Nax. And then you went to like EOE. And I'm sure there's going to be a guild that like does that. Does that but definitely. It's, that's so cringe. Like the the real winner would be the first guild to kill KT and Obsidian Sanctum is so easy that like. And, and it's one boss that that's also kind of a cheesy thing too. like the real winner to me is like the first guild that kills KT. And of course, you're probably going to do OS and EOE after. And I have no doubt that the same guild that kills KT first will also kill those two next with the same raid group. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm just curious because it seems that like it seemed like everything at TBC, it was always I can't remember phase one, but it seems like you know, phase two, phase three was all like is whoever gets done with both of them first, you know, so I, I, I just wasn't sure. Well, at the end of the day, it's all dictated by Warcraft logs, like whether people like it or not, that website's the one that really truly determines what people are, for the most part, at least counting as world first or getting the first clear achievement, I guess, in like the, the eyes of the community. And so it's going to kind of depend on what they dictate. I don't think Warcraft Logs has really stated yet what they're going to consider to be like world first progression yet. Like, for example, in the release of TBC, they consider they, they traded Karazhan separately and then Gruul and Mag were combined. So like it was, the, the, you know, whoever gets the front page is the, the guild who ends up killing Gruul and Mag collectively like first. And so they did the same thing with like, like you said, like BT and Hyjal and they did the same thing for SSC and TK. So, yeah, it, I don't really know how they're going to treat it. Like, yeah, you're right. You can't you can't kill Maligos until you kill Saffron. But if I had to guess what they're going to do is make it so like they're, they're going to combine the progression since they're kind of connected with each other of Saf uh, of Nax and I have Eternity to make it so that if you don't kill Kel'Thuzad and you just kill Saffron and go straight for I have Eternity, they're probably not going to count you as far as their, like the first place progression. So that's I, I, that, my guess is that's how they're going to get around the cheese of just like not going to Kel'Thuzad and just poking it straight after saffron and as far as like obsidian sanctum i have no idea how they'll treat that my guess would be separately but it's hard to say normally the community votes on that hmm. okay. interesting uh so you've been doing anything else have you uh taken ad advantage of any new characters with the 50 percent booster anything Dally? Uh, honestly, no. I mean, I can't really bring myself to level any characters right now just because, number one, I did so much leveling in TBC that I'm kind of sick of it. And then number two, um, there's not really any classes that I feel like I need to level up at this point. Like, I've already got the main three that I play, plus the, uh, I'm going to try Death Knight and Wrath, but obviously you can't level Death Knights yet. So, while I've, I've had a few times thinking like, oh, wow, I got the XP boost right now. I should try to take advantage of that. Every time I think of that, I, then my next thought, of course, is, well, what do I level? And then... I immediately just lose interest because I realize I don't want to play anything else besides what I already play right now. Well, and to be fair, you uh, did level up what three characters on the E on the EU side not so too long ago, right? <laughs> yeah, it was I don't know, probably at this point four months ago or so. Yeah, but I had to start from scratch on all of them, so yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, yeah. So I so I totally get it. What about you, Rugs? What have you been doing? Man, since the first wave of beta raids, I was like on those raids nonstop. And when they took the raids down, I couldn't get off beta. 
I was still logging in every single day, creating a new character, running heroics, just messing around. Like, dude, I'm just loving, loving being on beta. I mean, Wrath is my home. I feel just in my comfort zone in Dalaran, running laps in there, just doing nothing. Like, I just love it, man. Um, and now that raids are back out on beta, um, we ran uh, Nax back to back last night. Uh, I think we got a raid starting here like in an hour with Fusion, but I'll, I'll hop in on the next one. No worries. Um, yeah, dude, just nonstop beta stuff. I also I recently did get a, a 70 Shaman, um, so I, I wanted to have an, an enhanced Shaman for Wrath. Uh, so I got a shaman ready to go to level up to 80. It's not going to be a priority. Uh, I'm going to do DK first and then probably the shaman and then my uh, feral next. But um, yeah, just super, super excited for pre-patch to hit um, and just loving, loving, loving my time on beta. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I've been I've been hitting miss on beta. I planned on doing uh, doing heroics on uh, on on beta to try and like get my guy more gear because when i came with you i was basically in all of the blues and just the like three items i could buy from the 80 badges that you get and i was also trying sword spec which people say not not to do but i wanted to try it so uh so yeah i was doing that but i've had fun i've done i've done i've done the raid with with you uh and that was a blast getting to go with just all of those pumpers and just seeing how, you know, the, the big dogs play. You know, I got to tag along on that, which was fun. Man, that was such a good raid. That was probably the best raid that we did. Um, the entire first wave of beta raids was just that random little pug group that we had um, because we actually like pushed it like we genuinely like two healed most of the entire raid which like pretty much that's everything what I'm all about. But, yeah pretty much everything but uh uh what's his name was the only problem we had uh oh my gosh patchwork patchwork yep right that's so like it was a few ways to actually make it fun for healers just bring two <laughs> exactly dude it was so fucking fun because like and no offense if there's any fusion listeners out there i'm not talking trash about fusion i love fusion but like the last raids that i've been in with fusion we're like four healing all of nax and like Come on, man. Like, I've already done it with like two healers, three healers with like a pug group. Like, let's get the guild. Like, I mean, the, pug go, group had some, the pug group had some pretty good players in it, though. You, you know, you had you taken, Zyrene taken. You had some real pumpers. Also, we did. to be fair, there were four DKs misusing the broken sigil. So, really, like, they were doing like double the damage of the rest of us at the top. And so, honestly, we were kind of 29 manning it, if we want to be real serious. I wish we could have uh, tried it without that, because I still think we would have been fine. But we would have been totally fine. We would have been totally fine. We maybe pushed a little bit too fast on a couple of encounters, but it's no big deal. It's no big deal. Yep. But it was so much fun. That was a good raid. All right. Well, uh, for for me, I've been man. I've been doing all kinds of stuff. I've been doing a ton of G GDKPs, just trying to get as much gold as I can. Weird part is, is been spending a lot of gold on my little lobby that I'm working up, just tweaking out everything and buying all the blues for like 150 gold each. Like each time I that's upgrade, the, that's the most fun way to do it. It's like, so it's, fun. It's so fun to level a character in like in greens. Like you, you kit it out in blues and feel like a god. Oh, dude, yeah. I am a yeah, and like. The last time that I that I that I leveled tunes was I did my two heart my two hardcores 
got him to level 60. Like, you can't, like, all the buffs, you could only use the stuff that you make and stuff. So, like, it was real budget, you know, working up. And now, you know, I started out with a skinning knife with, you know, with, like, 30 spell power, and you're just plowing <laughs> through. <laughs> it's so good. And, yeah, I've got, you know, I've got, there's some things that are just, that are basically tweak price that are in, like, the thousands, and I don't buy those. But the stuff that's, like, under 150, I'm like, take that. <laughs> But I've still been making some some money, but you know, it's it's I've been spending a lot. So hopefully I can buckle down and just uh kind of save the um rest as we go on and yeah, but besides that, I've been working up a new priest. I'm at level 40 now, and that's actually why Mel isn't here. Mel's been working up a pally, and when Mel's questing, she can't seem to turn she can't turn it off really easily. Like even when she quits, she wants to stand around for the next 40, uh, 40 minutes in, in, in Ironforge and do her, like, her, like, jewel crafting and stuff. And so she's been up till, like, 2 a.m. every day. And then today she got off work and she just crashed and I couldn't wake her up. So that's what we've been doing. And, and it's been a really good time. The XP boost is great. Uh, it's been a blast. You'd just be like, oh, this quest sucks. This this drop quest sucks. I'm just not going to do it. It doesn't, it doesn't matter because there's plenty to to get you up to max level so you can just do what you want, and it's been a good time. Yeah, that's especially nice in the old world. Like, TBC, it's pretty easy to level in Outland, but there's a lot of zones in vanilla that nobody looks forward to. And <laughs> yeah, I bet it's nice to be able to, like, Desolus? Nah, no thanks. I'm just going to completely skip that zone. Yeah, well, and then to work 60 to 70, we're definitely going to wait for pre-patch. Because 60 to 70 gets a level squish. So you'll have that along with the extra 50% bonus. And then on top of that, you can fly at level 60. So, boom. Oh, right. Yeah, I forgot yeah. About that's a good point. I forgot about that. Yeah, so that's good. Yeah, I mean, we even could have waited and then we could have had our mounts at 20 and also epic mount at 40. But eh, we, 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 we were having a good time doing it. And I... I didn't think they squished the one to the one to sixty much, but I saw a video, no receipts, and I didn't look it up. But I saw a video from I think Solheim or something saying that they do squish like one to forty or something like that. So I'm not sure if it's true or not, but we're just having a blast doing it now. So we're just gonna keep on. We'll definitely stop it at um at um sixty though. But yeah, that's all I've been doing. Lately in WoW, uh, raid progression for Varg. Mel's not here, Yip's not here, and I suck at doing it, so I'll just be really quick. Uh, we had a great raid. One-shot everything in Sunwell right up till we hit Twins, and then we were stuck on Twins for like an hour and ten minutes. It was absolutely nutty. I mean, it, it, it was just the weirdest thing. We finally got through it. One shot Muru, and then we didn't have enough time. We, we had a couple attempts on KJ and didn't have enough time, didn't have the right comp. So we waited, did that Thursday, it went fine. And then we did an alt BT run, which was interesting. It was super, super melee stacked. Uh, had like five warriors or something like that. It was, uh, it was, was uh, fun. It was my biased opinion. It, it was pretty fun. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was a pretty good time. So. That that was how rating went, and uh, yeah, with that, let's just jump right into 
<laughs> Time for the news. All right, guys, the news is packed. Okay, so first off in the news is just kind of funny. I don't know if I don't think either of you really mess around with PvP, but I guess uh, a few days ago, the uh, the TBC Arena Season 4 just abruptly ended and basically said the season was over. And it's, and, and it's been fixed, but I guess a lot of people were like, uh, really? Like, I, you know, I know you don't ever give us very much time, but no time? Like... <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you guys it, like had any friends that ran into problems or anything. Yeah, I heard about that. I you know, I don't do arena myself, so personally, it's not really something I'd ever check on. But uh, yeah, apparently, just out of nowhere, all of a sudden, all the teams' re ratings were reset, and uh, you couldn't queue for like ranked arenas anymore. I, I think what happened was, I guess, in retail, the season was ending, and so if I had to guess what happened was they meant to turn off like the, like the end of the retail season, but they did a bit of an oopsie and accidentally ended the classic season instead. Yeah. That's uh, what I heard. Yeah. There was a gif on Reddit showing that, uh, the mistake was that Blizzard was trying to click the button for, for retail. And then they're on like some web page where the ad pops up the last minute and moves the button down. So they accidentally <laughs> clicks, clicks classic instead. So yeah, Oof. thankfully it's not, I think they fixed it like within something amazing, like 20 minutes for Blizzard. So no harm, no foul, I guess. Oh, well, this this cracks me up because I've been sitting here, you know, saying like, because remember the wrath date leaked? I've been saying, yeah. this is obviously a ploy. Now, maybe they're just like that. Like, I, I'm not going to say my mom said, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. But <laughs> they might just actually be that, you know, <laughs> No, I, I don't. When I saw that leaked, that uh, I was thinking that looks pretty legit. I mean, it was the actual website. It'd be one thing if it's like a doctored screenshot, but it was the website itself. I was thinking oh, that was probably just some unpaid intern who might have hit the button a little bit too early. So, well, I just well, since it happened so much, I thought it was you know I was thinking say a, a, a marketing ploy. But this type of shit, if you're doing something accidentally in classic instead of retail, that feels like there should be completely different systems that you're like getting into. So I so I don't know. It just it was, it was cracking me up though. People were really putting on their tinfoil hats for that. They were thinking, "Oh, whoa, this is Blizzard. They're like ninjas dropping pre patch on us. Like it's just like Blizzard to do something like that." It was a it was a great time. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's just like it's just weird. But uh, yeah, and at least they fixed it quick. It shows that they are actually like. Actually, actually, like monitoring, but still pretty, still pretty funny. All right, uh, the the next piece of news: Act Activision Blizzard's second quarter, uh, twenty twenty two, or twenty twenty two financials. So basically, I'll just kind of get to the to the gist of like, because I don't know a ton about this. I don't know what 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 you guys know, but basically, they made money. Not nearly as much money as like their. It just kills me that 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 Blizzard made twenty seven million and King made two hundred forty million. Wow, is that true? That's oh well, insane. no, no, sorry, users, 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 not actual, not actual money. But Blizzard, they don't say what games, but they did get like they went from twenty two 
22 million in quarter one to 27 million. So seems like the games are pretty healthy and gaining users. And over half of those new accounts were, or over half of those accounts coming back were, 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 were new accounts and not returning accounts. Um, and then the last part on that, um, I think you talked about it. I think uh, Sarth mentioned it on the last Classic Life that you were on, uh, Rugs. is that uh, he talked about what I told him when he, when he was on the show. Uh, basically, Blizzard hired like 100 employees from a, another company. They basically bought the company and got those 100 employees. And they're all being pushed towards, uh, towards World of Warcraft. They don't state... If it's retail or classic, but I have to guess that a good amount of them are going to classic. So we could be we could be getting a lot more attention soon as as well. Do you guys have any thoughts on this? Well, wasn't it recently confirmed that there are more active raiders in classic than there are in retail? Someone, if I'm not mistaken, someone told me that. Actually, someone in my chat told. Told me that, but I, I I don't know where you can look at that because I look at Ironforge.pro for classic, but I don't know where you can look for retail. And somebody said Warcraft logs, but I didn't know how to look at Warcraft logs to see that. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if that's possible, but it, it wouldn't shock me. I, it it seems to me. I mean, I I'm really biased on this front, of course, because I play classic only. But it seems to me, as far as the people that talk about World of Warcraft nowadays. There's not nearly as much like the talk about retail doesn't seem doesn't seem to be nearly as pervasive as it used to be. Like when you when you used to mention World of Warcraft, it'd just be like you, you just kind of just assumed you're talking about retail and classics kind of like this little side project. But nowadays, not so much like for people that know of like the gaming space, but aren't necessarily dedicated super hardcore to World of Warcraft. When you talk about World of Warcraft, all of a sudden they don't necessarily know which one you're talking about, because now the the. The line between which one's mainstream has kind of become a little bit more blurred. I feel like over time. Yeah it 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 actually makes me mad that Twitch doesn't have two different categories because I was going through to just just today curious because I got on Twitch the the um, homepage I just happened to notice that the largest game being streamed was 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 World of Warcraft so I clicked on it and I looked. And I only found just a few actual actual streams of retail and a ton of classic. So I was like, I wish there was a way to I, I wish Twitch would like split those out just so I could see it more often easily. You know, just looking at the two categories, because it says it says World of Warcraft Shadowlands. And that's the only thing we can choose is our game. Right. There's no other option. Like YouTube has a a different option when you're you're posting videos, but not on Twitch. And so I'd love to see that because it does feel like classic is all anybody's really talking about. Well, I mean, we're kind of biased in fairness. Obviously, oh, definitely, we're more, much, definitely. more focused towards classic. So if you wanted to see more stuff related to retail, I assume it's out there. But um, I think from Blizzard's perspective, it doesn't really make sense. I, as much as I agree that like I wish they would separate them, it doesn't make a lot of sense from their their end to try to to separate them just because they want to if they want to make it look like the if they want to try to combine their game and make it look like it's got the the biggest population possible it's probably going to look better compared to if you if you separate them out especially because then it's going to reveal probably which one is much more popular compared to the other whichever one it is 
and like it's probably like a no win situation for them because no matter which game is the more popular one, it's going to make the other one look worse. That that'd be my guess as to why they they've kept it combined the entire time. That is a good point. I wonder if Blizzard has any say with that with Twitch. Wonder. I got to imagine they have at least some pull on it. Like, who knows exactly how much, but. Well, I, I know for sure they would have when the Overwatch League was, was, you know, sponsored by them. But now that the Overwatch League moved to YouTube, I'm curious. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. But it, it would definitely be interesting to see because there's no way to tell from just going on and looking at the servers and how many are full and all of that because the retail servers are tidy compared to our our servers and that because they they can be because they just go cross like like right. cross realm mm-hmm. and stuff but yeah all right well it it just i'm being hope i'm being i'm being hopeful for some type of wrath classic with the uh 25 per- percent more developers and that's 25 per- per- percent more at blizzard not so that and all of that's going to world of 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 warcraft so I'm guessing that they're almost almost doubling their 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 staff for both games. So that's pretty cool. The the optimist to me would love to think that that means that maybe they're going to start. They're already thinking about what they're going to do after Wrath, and maybe they're going to do some sort of like modified or at least additional content. I hope so, man. Like the original classic expansions. I'd love to see that, but at the same time, that at least for now, it might seem might be still a bit of a pipe dream since it'd be a little bit early. But who knows? Yeah, I, I agree. Love it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I've always thought like Wrath would be such a sweet opportunity for Blizzard to actually kind of like roll the dice and experiment a little bit with like a Wrath Plus scenario, thinking like, what if they did something like Mythic Plus, you know, and it doesn't have to be anything crazy. They don't have to give us any like actual like item rewards or anything. It could be just fully cosmetics and something simple, but like they could really push the envelope with Wrath or with Classic Plus with wrath like wrath is a great template for them to like start experimenting and it wouldn't ruin the game it wouldn't ruin the feel of it at all like we're already so far beyond like the nostalgia uh we are like just living breathing like this new version of classic as is and wrath is like just a beautiful expansion for them to like really kind of push the envelope but i don't think that they will we'll see they do need some help with the bug fixes i mean hell like uh, the beta has been really interesting. Like the uh, arms warrior bug was around since literally day one where they couldn't press overpower. And it wasn't until like what, two days ago that they finally fixed it. Like that shit was around forever for ages and they See, finally fixed it. So rugs, that's your fault because they've been watching your, your tier list and been, you know, going from the top to the bottom. So fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> oh man. Um, no one's playing arms phase one anyways, right? So yeah, low prior. Um, yeah, well, PV, but PVP, dude, like warriors are going to be PVP gods, and that's a big reason right there is the overpower change. Uh, but uh, yeah, like one advice, one thing I'd give ad- advice to Blizzard is do not call it Mythic Plus, even if it's exactly the same. Call it something different because there's. There's so much stigma in the classic community to everything retail, even though like not everything retail is in inherently bad. But you just mentioned anything from retail and classic Andes go a little bit nuts. So I would say just give it a new name and 
maybe give a new spin on it and yeah that that type of thing would would be pretty cool uh but yeah i'd i'd i do have a question for that though rugs would you give better gear for the the quote-unquote mythic plus versions of dungeons no i don't want to mess with any type of um character power level landscape like you should be able to earn your gear the expected ways that we already have established in wrath like whether that's pvp or raiding or whatever you should get that same gear the same way that we're expecting you to get it i think mythic plus is a cherry on top it's their way to like test the waters see if people are interested and just strictly be it cosmetic in my eyes i picture this being something like you do all the dungeons on plus 15 for example you know like what do you call it? Key master in retail, something like that. And maybe no you earn, maybe that earns you like a trading card game tabard, like the uh, tabard of the void, tabard of brilliance, or maybe it gets you like a cool little mount. I mean, we're, we already know that the classic, um, core is from a retail version. I want to say it's from Legion, isn't it? I believe and so. so. They could easily import like mounts that we shouldn't have in wrath into like, classic wrath and that's not game breaking like who gives a shit like that would be really cool and i think that'd be fun like there's there's nothing that it would affect at all except for just optics and we already have weird optics because they have you know weird stuff like the path of illidan and the uh dark portal hearthstone and things like that like it's totally fine by me there's a question in the chat asking like what would be the point of that if 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 not for more gear and i i think the answer to that question is not necessarily People aren't going to do it just because they want better gear. I mean, like that's that's one way to go with it. But I, I agree. I think I don't. I, I don't think you'd want to affect the power creep any more than uh, that already exists in Wrath. I think a better idea is just to make it so that you could probably give something like something related to like achievements. Like it's still bragging rights, sure, but achievements at least people can kind of see, and you can kind of at least physically see something related to that achievement, right? And so I think I've always actually really liked the idea of. The fact in retail they have, I think, like basically mythic plus dungeons in which you essentially speed run them and you can compete with other people to see who can get the fastest mythic plus time. And I think at least a certain segment of the population would really enjoy doing something like that, where it's like officially tracked by Blizzard and seen who can get the fastest mythic plus clear of wherever. And uh, even if it was just for bragging rights, if there was like achievements related to it and Blizzard had a game system that actually was able to track something like that. I think it'd just be a lot of fun for just people to compete and like that'd be the reason to do it just for the competition. Absolutely. I love your guys's answers because this is the whole problem I had when when the 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 heroic versions came out during TOC. Um and they weren't that that hard. I'm not really talking about that. I'm really talking about basically where retail is now that like if you want to do and have the best gear basically it's your job right i love i love like the idea of having stuff that's just done for the pure challenge of it and you're and i think your your viewership would even be better if they knew you were doing that amazing thing in the same gear that they're in you know what i mean like i think that is what would be the prize and yeah it's definitely not for everyone but everybody still gets to enjoy the game and be like, man, I could do that. But everybody, you know, in retail say, well, I can't do that because I can't get that that gear, you know, where it's I just think it'd be a neater thing. And I think it should be. There's such a small popul pop population that can do the really, really hard stuff 
let them do that and give them that. But, you know, give them, you know, a title, mount, bragging rights, tabard. Like, I I think that's great. And I would love to see them go in that dir- that direction. Yeah, right. like the last thing. Okay. Sorry. The last thing that we want to see is like these dungeons turn into what Magister's Terrace turned into where people are running like Magister's Terrace, like Shard Reserved or GDKP Magister's Terrace. Like, God, come on. Like, like we don't really need because like the, the solution could be, oh, we'll give like previous raid items in these Mythic Pluses. So say like we're in phase two, like we're in Old War phase, but you can get like next 10, next 25 loot from doing Mythic Plus. Like that would just be disgusting to play with because people would sell carries and it would just turn into like this disgusting like gdkp like oh like grim toll reserved uh doing mythic plus 10 nexus like ugh, like yeah. that is like too much just let it be like a fun thing yeah I'm, you don't want to make people feel obligated to do it. you don't want to all of a sudden turn it into a chore that people feel like they're missing out on if they if they don't do it because then all of a sudden it's not just about having fun and competing all of a sudden it's about like well if i don't do this i'm gonna fall behind right and that's mm-hmm. that's never a great feeling to have love it love it yeah so uh, yeah, I mean, you were just, you just made me think of something. I know we're on a kind of a tangent here, but you just made me think of something, Ruggs. Uh, uh, and oh my God, I just forgot. Nope. Okay, yeah. So all the stuff with like everybody re- reserving everything in dungeons. Blizzard, can you just please come off your high horse and just give us looking for group? I mean, come on. <laughs> like... Don't I don't want looking for raid. Don't get me wrong. I really don't want that. That's the top end of the game. I think you should have to work for that. You should have to get it in a guild. But looking but dungeons, come on, man. Did you see that Reddit post that came out recently by this guy who said, Oh, I was previously um against um looking for group, but after doing what Blizzard has on the beta. I hate it and I want LFG like this this system they have now is terrible. It's pretty bad, dude. Like I just get constant like when I run a group I just get constant like so and so requests to join the group. And I have to hover over their name and I can see what, you know, class they are. I can't see spec anything. So I just leave it up and send them a tell cuz like if I cancel it then I'll just get instantly another one and it's just it's it's really not conducive and like dps can sign up his heels or did they fix that yet i haven't tried a couple weeks or week. oh dude it's it's so broken you log on to the game as like a priest for example and your role might be tank and you have to like literally manually change it every time like the whole thing sucks and it needs like total revision um it needs to be sped up less steps and it's i don't know man it's so funny because we were doing like an Utgard Keep, Utgard Pinnacle the other day, like last week, and uh, I had literally never flown to those dungeons. I've been playing Wrath for like all of my life, it feels like, and I've never flown to the dungeons. I've always teleported there, which was just a funny thing, but also like it doesn't make the experience any better. It's just like a, a chore. Well, well, it's well, it's crazy because I I I did know mostly where the dungeons were in Wrath, but uh, because like looking for. Uh, looking for dungeon didn't come out until like the last patch or like close to the last patch but what you're talking about i have no idea where any dungeon is in, in cataclysm no clue where any dungeon is because of it and i do think that kind of sucks so okay maybe 
make them fly to it once. They have to zone into it once, you know, before they could use looking for group, you know, at least to see. You know, I don't know. But yeah, I'd, I'd you much rather. Like a, you have to get like attuned to the summoning stone or something. Yeah. Just click once or something. Yeah. Something. Yes. Yeah, something like that. But it'd be cool. But like, I, I, or or just at least bring it in 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 like phase two when it'll be harder to get groups. But the change to emblems might make it so groups just keep going the whole time because you'll always get the second best emblem throughout the entire ex, expansion. So that change should help keep them still going. Help alts like get up to that level of gear, some of that level of gear at least. All right, well, we went on a little bit of a tangent there, but it was good. I liked it. All right, the, the next order of business is is flying in Northrend. So the specific thing I, I wanted to talk about here is the Tome of Cold Weather Flight. Now, this is a tome that you can buy for each alt. You have to buy it each time. It's not like a, uh, air, an heirloom you can send back and, uh, back and forth between characters. Uh, it Let's your alts fly at, at level 68. Now, originally, this came out middle of the expansion life. Somewhere or somewhere around there is like a catch-up thing for alts. It's supposedly going to be in day one. Do you think this is a good idea? Now, you have to get 80 on one character before you get it, but then you get it, and you can give all your alts flying in Northrend. Is this good? I personally think it's fine. I, I think the original reason why that wasn't something that was in the game in the first place was, I think back in the day when Wrath was a new game that no one had ever played before, there's a bit more mystique surrounding it, right? Like you've never explored the entire continent. You've never done everything there is to do. And there isn't necessarily like a bunch of information available because like YouTube wasn't really super pervasive yet. And uh, Twitch wasn't a thing yet. And Discord wasn't a thing yet. So I think it's I think back then, like exploration was more part of the game. I think now they recognize that even though exploration is definitely still fun and still a part of it, after you've already gotten your first character to level 80, their assumption is that most people will probably just want to be able to level up their alts and get them to 80 so they can start experiencing the endgame stuff. And so assuming you've already got a max level character at 80, I think it's fine. That like I don't I don't think really think your leveling experience is gonna be at least for most people, can't speak for everyone, but for most people, I, I got to imagine that most people's leveling experience isn't going to be ruined by the fact that it's probably going to be made slightly faster and more convenient because they can fly on their alts instead of having to, to run like manually from place to place again for the, the fifth time or whatever. Okay. What about you, Rugs? Yeah, I agree 100%. I think this is a uh, simple decision. I think it makes sense. I don't have any disagree. I don't disagree at all. I... Uh, it's I feel like more expansions should have done it like this. This is just you, you do it all once on your first main and then make it easier for every alt after. This is just logical. Um, it's it's perfect. No issues at all. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm pretty much. Pretty much like in the same boat as you like, but I don't really super enjoy the leveling process entirely, but basically I enjoy leveling when there's not people in my way. Like, I actually don't mind world PvP. I actually enjoy that. Like, I'll take a break to fight a dude for, you know, 20, you know, 30 minutes, you know, and not level. Mel hates that. She's like, come on, we're on. Come on, we're losing time. But I enjoy that part. What I hate is same faction taking my tags and doing all this other stuff. I'm like, like, I did, I did, uh, what's it called? Uh, 
Oh, the battleground. Stranglethorn Keep. Or not, no. Gurbashi. No, it's a freaking, what's the bottom of, uh, very bottom cut, um, zone in Azeroth? STV. Stranglethorn Vale. So I did that, and I absolutely hated the entire time in that zone, because there was people everywhere. I couldn't get tags on mobs because I'm a priest, and I was just like, I was just hating life, you know? And then I get someplace else, and I like it. So I don't really super enjoy the leveling process, but I need to play Devil's adv uh, ad Advocate, because a lot of people, I don't know if it, a lot's the right word, but there is definitely a chunk of people that enjoy that and they like to see people in the open in the open world that's why all these guys like these you know f you know f uh, that's why classic fresh was really popular for the first month because everybody loves running around with all the other people and you take those alts off the ground and all of a sudden you know you don't have that you know per per uh, perceived population so what would you say to that either of you personally I think it's kind of fun seeing people in the world. I think it's quirky. I think it's cute. It's uh, it makes the world feel alive. Um, I think the level like one to 15 is like a really kind of just, you know, unique experience. And I think it's it's fun. It's got its quirks. I think one to 15 is fine. But to me, there's something about like hitting level 15, getting to level 20. At, at a certain point, you get your first ground mount. And to me, it's all just about speed at that point. Like, any type of like, I don't know, social interaction at that point is out the window. Even though I have a ground mount and it's on a flying mount, like I don't care. I'm getting from point A to point B as fast as possible. Um, like we could have flying at level 20 for all I care. Um, th th there's just a certain point where leveling just becomes like, let's get this over with as fast as humanly possible. Um, so uh, I think there's like a middle ground there. Um, and I think where we're at right now is a good, good place. Uh, and I wouldn't change it. I mean, I'm with rugs on this one. I, I agree that I don't really care about leveling after the, especially the first time I do it in an expansion. I just kind of want to get, get it over with so I can get to max level and do the stuff I actually want to do. But you're right. I mean, I, I recognize that there are definitely, there's a section of the population that definitely does enjoy the leveling process and wants to do the, the entire thing over and over again just by leveling and they enjoy the, the world feeling active and you're right yeah it probably does make the world feel a little bit less active if everyone's just flying from one place to another which will probably be the case after the first maybe two months or so once everyone's got their mains to to max level so yeah i, I agree this change yeah it probably does kind of suck for them but to be honest i think that's a pretty small minority of people that play the game that way and the vast majority of people who who play classic nowadays are probably the ones kind of like us who just don't really want to have to deal with the leveling over and over again or at least or at least they would prefer to just do it as efficiently as possible if they're doing like their third or fourth alt so yeah it's definitely a bummer for the people that enjoy the the leveling process more and i guess like want to have that more active open world feeling but you got to have to face reality and just recognize that majority of players nowadays just don't really play the game for that yeah yeah i think so although it is a uh... North uh, Northrend is really cool, but uh, I I had never done the two characters I worked up in original Wrath. I had never done Howling Fjord. I had only done uh, I had only done Borean Tundra. And man, Howling Fjord with that mountain you have to climb is a pain in my ass. Three different times I fell and died and had to spirit res because I couldn't get back to my body. Like 
It was so un- it was so annoying. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. Like Northrend is kind of made in a lot of ways, especially Ice Crown and Storm Peaks, uh, for having a flying mount. And those are leveling zones. Like truth truthfully, like they're they're not zones that you really do a whole lot in, except for maybe maybe dailies, and they literally just exist to like have a a place to zone in for a raid. They're leveling zones and they are genuinely like made to have a flying mount. And yes, you can get the loner mount from the, you know, place in Storm Peaks. But that thing yeah, is like level super slow. Yeah, but it's like level. It's like 60 percent speed. Like, yeah, it's the TBC speed at the moment. I, I, I don't know if that's intended. I'm not sure. I don't know, but I don't even think they're going to touch it. I feel like it's going to stay 60 percent speed. So that's even more of a reason to leave the Tome of uh cold weather flying in because i think it just it just makes sense yeah i mean i guess you could find like you could make it so it wasn't level 68 maybe but i honestly it doesn't bother me but my my heart goes out to the people that it does bother and i'm sorry (laughs) but it's it's gonna be pretty sweet when i get to like do my priest and i do herbalism on on the priest and i'm going to be able to just swoop down and grab all the herbs instead of like having to kill everything constantly so i don't know but yep it's gonna it appears to be in right now if you have problems with it hit the forums because uh that's you know it is i thought it was funny because scotty J had a video and he he uh he doesn't seem to like the idea of it so i thought that was interesting interesting because that just it didn't it didn't feel scotty to me it felt like that would be something he would be for yeah i mean i respect his opinion but at the same time i'll be happy to fly on my my level 70 ults (laughs) oh same i mean this i mean this whole show like i disagree a lot with guests but always respect their opinion (laughs) always um all right so the next thing so the the wrath uh the Wrath Beta dev notes came out. There's a few things I wanted to touch on. I just wanted to give a a uh, quick <laughs> to talent preview mode. Uh, this is something that should have just been in vanilla, damn it! Like, because the amount of times I put one point into a wrong, uh, l- like a wrong spot while I was trying to spec, you know, like like respec is crazy. So this is in now. So Basically, it's in the new in settings, uh, not system, but the other one interface in a new category called called uh, called features because they're adding these these things in and they're letting you decide what you want on and what you want off, which I do love. Um, So the two things in there now is basically item their their version of item rack. You can turn that on, and it's not as good as um, the mod, so I would recommend still using item rec. Um, and then uh, the talent preview mode on, and what the talent preview mode does is allows you to just click stuff in just like you were on Wowhead's talent calculator, and then you can just cancel it and redo it take points on and off and then at the end you hit sub submit and then it actually finalizes your talents you guys happy about this 
Yeah, I think it's a great change. It's kind of this quality of life thing doesn't doesn't really affect gameplay in any way. There's really no downsides as far as I can think of. So I agree this this could have just been been in from the start because it would have been nice to avoid the problem that literally everyone's had at some point where they accidentally click this one talent and it means you're like, oh, okay, cool. There's just 50 gold down the drain. Oh, it's horrible. I mean, it was worse than like classic vanilla because 50 gold was rough then. Yeah, I believe that there's like a re, uh, an add-on that helps there's a couple of with them. something like that. Yeah, yeah. so it, this is just totally logical. It just makes perfect sense that this should have been in the game before. And uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, uh, Blizzard, if you're listening, if you ever add transmog, please, God, put it in the features section. I want to be able to toggle it on and off. I do not want to have to have it on. I agree. That would actually be great. Although... That assumes, of course, that they get the Cata Classic at some point, which will be interesting to see once we get to that point. Yeah, I mean, I think Transmog's fun. I just don't want it 24-7 in the game. I, like, I would love to go to Transmog competitions and stuff like that, but I don't want it always in the game. And it's such an easy thing to toggle on and off client, uh, client side that it would just be wonderful if you could do that. Like, same with the graphics engine. If you want to have the retail weird runny graphic looking things then you can have it you know like and i don't have to see it you know and every, yeah, for sure I agree. everybody wins right there was a private server that that did that for wrath really they had toggleable trans transmog yep good deal good deal so see so i'm not the only one that hates it i dude i, I had jordy on it he said he hated it too and i was like i love you for saying that i love you because <laughs> <laughs> i tell so many people they're like why do you have a problem with that? I'm like, dude, I'm not getting into it again. <laughs> uh, but okay, so and then uh, the next one's kind of the big one. So they've made a change and um, they did come out and explain the change better and say that it wasn't going to be on, on um, daily quests and things of that nature. But uh, I guess let me explain real quick. Well, I don't know how to explain this. So basically for certain quests, I'll explain what the types of quests are after. For certain quests, you're going to get basically emblems of of, hero, of heroism, which is the lower emblem, the one that you don't get from 25-man raids, but you get from heroics and 10-man raids. You're going to get these along with a care, a care package on some quests, uh, for doing certain quests, and this care this care package has all kinds of con of of consumes in it, like quite a bit, like two of this, two of that, two of this, some food. Uh, I think there was buff food in there. I don't know if it's regular food or buff food, but it was like basically like quite a bit of stuff. Um, they came out later and said, "Listen, the reason that you're going to get these for certain quests, it should be only quests that are not repeatable." There's certain quests in Wrath, and I don't, I, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but it's when they first came out with instanced quests. So basically, you change the whole landscape of the en environment with your actions while you quest. And there's different stages of it. Like, you can see it really quickly if you just start a DK and work up a DK. The problem with this is that when you're on a different part of the quest than someone else, you can even group with them and can't see them. Um, this was something that I had forgotten. And when I saw this, it, re it reminded me. It was a small un annoyance, but it did definitely 
affect me a lot, especially when I had friends helping one of my alts work up um, back in the day. Like, I'd be like, I can't see you. And then we, you know, it took a while. We'd be like, oh, it's because I'm not on that phase. Okay. And it was just kind of, it was kind of weird and janky. And so these are supposed to in, in, incentivize characters to all do these quest chains so that everybody's in the same phase of that continent. So with all that, sorry, I just talked forever there, but I wanted anybody, we have a lot of casual listeners and everything that might, might not know, so I wanted to explain it. But how do you guys feel about the rewards specifically that they're getting, or anything you feel about this? I personally feel like, um, so just to your point, like, I see this best displayed like an ice crown. You start doing the intro quests, through the Argent Crusade and ice crown, and you have like this little hub that's being attacked by like a horde of undead and you have to fight them off and you jump into this cannon and shoot a bunch of Nerubians and, and shit like that and kill these, all these undead and you free pew, pew. like Argent Crusade people. Yeah, it's great. And then all of a sudden, like the camp is saved and, you know, people are like doing a little bit better. And then you progress the quest line a bit further in the quest hub and you establish like a little camp foothold, like 100 yards away. And then you do a few more quests and you establish like this new foothold, like on the side of a mountain. It's actually done really, really well. And it, I like yeah, it how is it cool. works for sure. In terms of the uh, rewards, like rewarding emblems for doing stuff like this, I'm completely fine with like. I'm already a little frustrated that we don't have random dungeon finder and the fact that we don't have, you know, the random daily dungeon or the random daily heroic um, emblems that we could just spam on like all of our characters. I think that gives you a reason to log in. I think that gives you a reason to play with four random people in the world and just do any random dungeon, not like your dungeon of choice. And you get some emblems and emblems are great. Uh, Gives good loot. Um, I feel like this is totally fine. I'm completely fine with it. Um, I don't think this is game breaking by any means. And I feel like this is just a little cherry on top for some people who are willing to, you know, grind out um, these quests. What about you, Dally? I'll play the devil's advocate here and say that while I don't have a problem with this, like it's I'm not a person who's vehemently against this. I will say that. One of the problems I had, especially near the end of TBC, TBC as a whole, but especially near the end was that it started to feel to me like the the welfare gear or the catch-up gear or whatever you want to call it started to get really, really widespread and easy to get. So like, for example, once the Sunwell phase came out, you could basically just get badges from every raid and you could use that to buy a bunch of gear that could basically just replace all the gear from the previous raids. And to me, that took out a lot of the reasons to even do the whole, like the old raids. And I, I could kind of tell just from trying to pug that like, there was a lot of people that just didn't bother trying to run tier five anymore and to a lesser extent like black temple anymore because they kind of had the uh mentality of like well why would i do those raids when i can just get badge gear i mean and the, and they're right because the badge gear was better so the only problem i have with this is that what this is going to do is make it so that like the, the faster you can get these emblems as uh, emblems as you level up the sooner you're going to get to the point where you've got all the stuff you need outside of raid and you can just now raid log that character and don't have to play outside of raid and i'm not the type of person that necessarily wants to spend a month or two trying to gear up his character and catch up his character once he's max level just because nobody really loves the idea of just like doing a bunch of catch-up raids and getting gear for like weeks and weeks on end but i will say that i know wrath i've never played it all the way through but i know from what i've heard that wrath is a type of expansion where it kind of expands upon the idea of catch-up gear and expands upon the idea of 
basically making it as, as easy and streamlined as possible to get a character once it's max level caught up. And this does contribute to basically the streamline that process even faster to the point where once you once you've gotten all your stuff outside of raid like okay well now what do you do on that character you can do dailies or you can just log it off until the next raid but um i think honestly i I think the reason blizzard is probably doing this if i had to guess this is just my tinfoil hat theory is just because with their recent changes to boosting like very clearly blizzard is not super super um supportive of the idea of like of dungeon boosting and i think in wrath like knowing the player base and how it's been since the release of classic someone's going to find a way right someone's going to find a way to make it so you can just sit afk in a dungeon and get boosted from level 70 to 80 without actually playing the game and opinions aside on whether you think that's a good thing or not i think they're doing this because they're trying to incentivize people to want to quest and make it so that like a if you're questing from 70 to 80 you get a head start on the end game and then b um like you know like rugs just talked about you you can get like the, all the phasing stuff done and you have a reason to get all the phasing stuff done. So that way you're not on this weird, um, this weird situation like you talked about where some of your friends have the phasing done and some don't and like all of a sudden you can't see them everywhere. Yep. See, I, I mean, I wish I disagreed, but I am, I am with you guys too. I, I mean, I think this is great. I had my friend, he, he did like it cause, um, Scotty, Scotty J said that he've heard from from a, from a person that leveling up to 80, they got 41 badges. Um, now, I don't know. I didn't look into it. I'd like to see the receipts of this, because, like, does that mean the beta had this in from the beginning? Or did he level in one day? Because, like, it just, it just seems like he leveled really fast. But the point was, he was like, well, you can get your best in slot trinket, like, like right off the bat. And I really don't see a problem with that like if you do things right working up you're going to have a lot of things that you're planning to have your best in in them slot by 80 so so i just don't see a problem with it and it's still the the lower level of emblems so if you're gonna buy tier you're still only gonna get the 10 man tier you're you're the only way to get the 25 man stuff is to do 25 man raids i like that and so I'm fine with it. And I think it's a good catch-up thing down the line where in TOC, you do those quests and those badges are actually for the new T the the new ten the the ten man TOC gear. So big well, brain strat, you could just save those quests until TOC comes out and have your have yourself a nice little bump. But well, we don't get know. pushed in anyways and then save the quest for later. <laughs> we don't know that they're going to change those quest rewards to the the newest emblem of the phase. We don't, we don't know, know that. that. Yeah, but all they could do is take them out because there's going to be no... There's only going to be two, two, two badges throughout now from the change that they already told us a month back, you know, that they, that they were going to change. Like, there's not going to be emblems of frost and all of that. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it gets converted to like the. They said that. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah they, they confirmed that a while ago, where basically there's only ever going to be the, the the current phase emblem and the previous one, and Which, then they just they the, the previous one just gets like so. If, like if the phase one emblem, if you're in phase three and the phase one emblem, if you still had phase one emblems, you just basically at the start of phase three they get converted to phase two emblems instead. Yeah. yeah so they might have the the wow. um, names, but say you go into a heroic in 
uh, TOC. You're going to get the 10-man TOC badges. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so awesome. it, it's going to make heroics viable throughout, which is, I mean, I which I think is cool because getting into heroics like during the BT phase <laughs> was impossible, man. Like nobody yeah. wanted to run that, you know. So, but yeah, so it's it's I I I don't know about all the consumes you get. It seems like like and maybe I'm overreacting. But it seems like maybe it could take away from crafters and the price of cons- consumables. But I might just be overreacting some because I like I don't know. I I went to go to try to get the crawl the crawl blade, um, uh, and I went and just uh, pickpocketed in like the northern eastern part of uh, Sholazar Basin. It's the little place where it's a ton of un undead guys you can kill them and you get no loot because there's tons of them but you can pick pocket them and that's how a lot of people got the curl blade is from a junk uh a um junk box so i just kind of tested out for like an hour i didn't get one but um or it's not called the curl blade it's the the new curl blade that's in um tbc the yeah, epic yeah. sword but uh yeah like i went there and i pickpocketed and i made like 150 just raw gold and then on top of that i made like like i found like a ton of food and i got like 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 50 health potions like i mean it was just like i feel like gold and stuff is just not going to be a problem in wrath like the only thing you're going to be trying really hard to buy are the big ticket items like the mammoth and stuff but i feel like gold is just going to be a lot easier to get but that could be wrong well i mean the problem is like it or not I mean, whether you think there's a problem or not i guess it's a matter of opinion but like it or not the price of items in gdkps is largely going to dictate how much gold is worth so like yeah gold's going to be easier to make in wrath but if it means that items in in gdkps are twice as expensive because it's easier to make then it's it's all relative yep but yeah it'll be easier to afford stuff like epic flying and other like talent respects or dual spec or whatever that, that'll be nice yeah, well, and consumes. I feel like this could change the price of consumes too, and you know, basically everything will just run through G GDKPs. It is a little scary with all the, you know, the fresh people going on fresh. You know, are going to have uh, going to have probably a little bit of easier time than us. Like, if you're on a non-fresh server, you better be doing G D D D K P S whether you like it or not, because you're going to need that gold. Have a doom. A- doomsayer there but uh the, well, the, uh, I, I actually I'm, I'm curious i was thinking uh, thinking about this earlier i mean rugs you you would probably know more than uh more than anyone else everyone always asks the question like how much how much gold do you need going into wrath because that's what everybody's thinking about right now like how do you prep for wrath from your experience what would you say is a, a ballpark number if you're, if you're going into wrath with a character that's geared up in sunwall because i need to know this I've, I've never played wrath before what's a number you should ideally be sitting at as a bare minimum to be, to be ready to, I guess, get caught up or at least get geared up in wrath at the start. I get this question all the time as well, like nonstop. And it's so hard to answer because I'm so used to playing on fresh servers and the economy that we're used to right now is, is flooded. And so when we go into wrath, like with this current economy, like who knows what the price of things are going to be, but I can give you an idea like on fresh servers, like, say, for example, a Nobles deck for your Dark Moon card greatness. That's what I'm scared about. This this 
this thing is volatile to say the least. I'm telling you like first day, like 24 hours, the first few that hit the market will probably be on a fresh server. Something like 10K gold. Within Which is 24 a lot hours, on a fresh server. That's a lot of gold. And within 24 hours, 48 hours, that thing hits 15K. Next day, 20K. And it'll sit around 20 to 30K and like waver between 20 to 30K, depending on the week, depending on like when the most recent Dark Moon Fair was, all the way through Old War. Because it is literally best in slot for these classes until Old War. And that's on a fresh server. So if we're thinking like one of our best in slot trinkets is going to cost us just straight up like 20 25k gold then who knows what it could be on this like current market in terms of like other things that you need to purchase like you know if you had to get like a profession up that's probably going to cost you 1000 gold 2000 gold depending on what it is it's no big deal um there's not a lot of boes that you need to purchase everything else you can get from raids um it's pretty straightforward it's just like this huge item with greatness really in epic flying well kieran tore rings though eight eight uh 8k each Okay, so talking about, but the, are those even best in slot? Because I've seen that they're good, like they might be pre-bis, but they're not never really bis in any phase. So like, well, it's yeah, an extra hearth. Exactly, it's an extra hearth though. It's not it's, tied to your hearth, so you can have your hearth someplace else. I mean, it's kind of an expensive hearth. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of cool. They are never best in slot for any class in any phase ever. But are they, they are pre-bis? great items? But are they, they pre-bis be, each time you can, upgrade them? Prebis for every phase I'm questionable on because oftentimes people just straight up don't buy them. In my experience on peace server, like something it's not worth the sunk cost of it. It genuinely isn't. Um, because you can replace them, they are typically equal uh, value of like the 10 man version of the current raid that you're in. Um, so they are never technically like worth it for biz, but they are great items. Uh they're really good, maybe it's like for progression. Um, they're solid, like get you started, and they are undoubtedly very strong rings. And right now, it's like broken on the beta where we can yeah. like stack two and stuff like that. Well, and but, also on top of it, you could upgrade straight to the ICC version, which is yeah. definitely best in <laughs> slot. On so anybody in beta, that's yeah. not. If I can get an ICC. Not item, all right, I'll buy it. Yeah, yeah sure. okay. <laughs> you're uh, you're like ninety six agi on your you know your worked up ring. Just to let everybody know, the way it actually works is each phase you can upgrade it once. Each like 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 raid, you know, when the raid comes out. So don't think that that crazy worked up one is what you're gonna get right off the bat. Yeah, that's something we should probably mention to anybody who like is just like, oh, you can work these up. These are amazing because they right. are pretty awesome. Like when you work them up to the top level in phase one. But for the average player, like. It, look, if if money is no object, if you have a, a ton of gold, like you should get a Kieran Tor ring. Like cool new hearth, great stats as soon as you hit 80. Absolutely go for it, no doubt. But if you only have 10k, 20k gold, like I, I wouldn't, unless you're like a healer or something, you just want to grab something nice. But if you're a physical who needs a greatness card or a holy paladin who needs a greatness card, like save your money. Like you're actually, you actually just kind of talked me out of it because I was going to have to buy one for me, one for my alt, and then one for my wife. Now I might just, I might have just saved 24K right there. Yeah, man. Nice. Okay. Well, okay. Then, uh, uh, okay. There was something else I was going to ask. I keep losing my train of thought this episode. You guys are just so good. 
But like, okay, so the cash you need going in, the card. I mean, I'm thinking on like Benediction. That first one's going to go for 200, 300K. It'll be insane, whatever it is. There'll be some guy who's been doing GDKP since the, since the Blackwing Lair days who has three characters with gold cap who'll buy it for something insane, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, like, the like Skull of Gul'dan is still going for, like, 40K in a lot of raids that I, that I see or, or go to. Like, it's just like, what? Like, it's almost over, guys. Like, this is going to get so replaced, like, in Wrath. Like, do you guys not know that? Like, does everybody not know that? Like, especially right. there's, there's, definitely, there's definitely a small weapons. but very obvi- obvious segment of the population who clearly, like, they've been doing GDKPs for so long or, you know, have been buying gold for so long that gold isn't even really something to, to think about anymore. Just, like, if an item drops, like, they'll just, whatever number they need to, to input into the trade window to get the item, they'll just put it in. And, uh... Yeah, whenever you see whenever you see players like that and they spend 40k in a skull of Gul'dan right now, like yeah, you think like what, what are you doing? But to them, they're just like that's oh, just a number, and I've got what is it was essentially just an infinite number that I can put into the trade window. So Ooh. nice for people that are trying to make gold from those raids, I guess. But yeah, it, it's always a little weird to think that the, some people you don't even have to worry about how much stuff costs anymore. Yeah, well, to me, it kind of ruined a part of the game. It's dude, it, it, it it's just weird because like I I was in a Mount Tigel as. Warlock carried the other day. The only item I could use is the sword off the the last boss, and uh, uh, and like because I've got the crappy staff from uh, Sunwell Plateau with way too much hit that I don't need, and you know I've got the really good offhand just just ready to get a good main hand, and it dropped. I was like, all right, I'll probably pay three three maybe four k for this. And it went yeah. up to 12, yeah. and I was like, well, I'm not paying that. Like, come on, dude. Like, it's just nuts. Like, I just don't, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. But uh, before we change the subject, if I could give one piece of advice for anyone out there about greatness is unless you're like a millionaire in game, just work with your guild and just farm it up like straight up. The economy is going to be absolutely absurd with this item. It just it is. Where there's no avoiding it. It's going to be crazy, but it's not like it's an item like a DSC that only comes from a raid. Like you can literally farm it out and you can farm it through herbalism or you can farm it through like killing, um, you know, little lasher eternals um, in the world, specifically in Wintergrasp. Um, and just you can do your own gold farms and make your own gold throughout the game, however you see fit. And then you can purchase mats off the auction house and have one guildie who's the inscriptionist and have him, you know, do the slot machine and try to get greatness cards crafted for everyone in the guild. I genuinely think like collaborative effort and just like grind it out on your own, either make an inscriptionist yourself or have a buddy who is and just grind it out like is likely going to be a really good choice for a lot of people. Just like nose to the ground, grind it out. It's it's worth it. If you genuinely do not have, you know, 40 50k 60k however much it goes for like to spare yeah yeah i mean that's part of the reason i'm working the priest up i'm just saving all of the herbs for working up in inscription i want to like pvp on the priest but like that's basically it you know like i'm doing it for that and that's going to be the whole point of him is to get the the greatness and that is correct me if i'm wrong but it's best in slot for every melee even tanks um it's best in slot for every melee and hunter and holy paladin and even like a prop paladin would use it yeah and like a threat build for sure yeah that's nuts 
Well, so Dally, how much do you have saved and ready? Mm, I think on my EU characters, eh, it's actually both, but it's the same between NA and EU. I think I've got like about 30k between yeah. on my NA characters and my EU characters. I'll probably I, have that about that going into Wrath, so I don't know how far that's going to take me, but hopefully it's enough. I've got 40, and I'm just like, basically just during the day, is just trying to get in, just carry on my Warlock so I don't have to buy anything, and I can just like make gold. So I'm hoping I have enough, but I also have another mouth to feed in Mel, so <laughs> it's even worse. She'll be like, but I want this, and I'll be like, oh, I mean, just wait, you know, you'll be good, like. <laughs> do you really you get me and just, just buy it buy it yourself do you really need cold weather flag it's okay <laughs> you don't need dual spec you only heal it's cool <laughs> oh man all right um so the the um, next thing is level 60 so this is just in the patch notes level 60 on onyxia should be uh available once again so what this tells me is we're not going to get the upgraded ani Till later on in Wrath. It's not going to be there from day one, which rugs is probably good, right? Because it probably has gear that's for whatever time it came out, TOC or right. whatever. ICC, right. I, I, I forget. It came out in TOC. So it's got TOC and TOC 25 equivalent gear for Oni 10 and Oni 25. Which would be mm -hmm. unreal gear for starting phase, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely broken. Mm hmm. Cool. All right, so anybody that was still trying to farm that now because they thought it was going to be gone, you can still get that uh, achievement probably before, you know. I don't know if there even is an achievement for Ani 60. I'm assuming there is, but whatever. Okay, the next is uh, speculation just based on these notes and what we know of, Bruf of, of Brewfest. Brewfest? Bru uh, uh, Brewfest? Bru generally runs during uh, from September 20th to October 6th. With Wrath coming out September 26th, do we think we get the level 70 version or the level 80 version? Because the trinkets are equivalent to like the Mirror Truth, correct? So it's not like we're getting something crazy bigger, but in original Wrath, it was a catch-up mechanic that came later to get you a lower level trinket. For current con for current content. So do you think and the Shanker too, the like dagger weapon? Do you think right. we're gonna get the 70 version or the 80 version? So I would anticipate that we get the level 70 version personally. Um I also would prefer to see the level 70 version and not the level 80 version. Um I think the biggest abuse of Brewfest is the uh stamina trinkets. Uh, they have a flat 170 stamina on them, which, if I recall correctly, that is more stamina than any trinket in Old War. And so if you're getting a trinket that's like your best in slot, essentially, for tanks going into TOC and you're getting it like in pre-patch or like week one of um, Wrath, that just seems really broken. I I'm not a big fan of that. And it's like you said, Bobby, like this was supposed to come out. Um, or it came out originally like a year into Wrath. It was a catch-up mechanic, gives people 200 eye-level loot, um, catches them up to like uh, TOC, and I think it's perfectly fine there. And I don't think that Blizzard will literally bother 
um, updating this to 80. I genuinely don't think that they will because um, this will be coming during pre-patch, right? And so I just don't think that it's something that they're going to deal with. Well, the um, first it, week of it will be during pre-patch. Then Wrath would actually be out. You'd It'd be very, it'd be a small pop population, like the hardcores like us, that will have level 80s in time to really, you know, actually do it, you know? Yeah, no, I just, I... I don't see it personally. I mean, maybe maybe I'm totally wrong here, but I just don't I don't see it. I feel like they're going to have level 70 eye level loot, not um, the 200 eye level, the level 80 stuff. Yeah, well, plus, like, I got to imagine they they want to release the Brewfest event events in a way where people can actually do it when it's relevant. Right. Because, like, if they if they release it on the exact date that it's supposed to come out, then for half of Brewfest, you couldn't even do the, the event because you wouldn't even be the proper level. Right. So, like, I. I would think that I guess they would have two options. They could either delay it. They could either like delay it a month or something. Yeah, which is what which is what someone mentioned in chat too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They could delay it till October and and then have it be like more relevant for most of the players. Or I think what makes more sense is yeah, you just have it be the the TBC version again. So if anything, characters that people probably just leveled up to eighty or sorry, just leveled up to seventy uh, for Wrath, like they can get some catch up trinkets for that. You know, personally, like I, I've got a lot of characters that be it would be actually kind of cool to get the the TBC drink is just for like leveling and rating and pre-patch. So if I was a betting man, I would say it's probably just going to be the TBC version again. Yeah. I, I, I would guess that too. And I think it's like, you can still get the mounts. You can still get the, the, uh, you can still get the thing, the little, what's it called? The mold machine that takes yeah, you there. The teleporter. People um, will still eat it up because that, that, that sort of stuff is still cool. Even if it's not necessarily like a, something you'll use in a raid. Yeah. yeah. And there's achievements tied to it now. Yeah. The the only thing that's a that may, might be a bummer from it is then when it actually does come out, we probably are in TOC and it'll be completely irrelevant for most most mains. You know, at that point, that's the only bummer about it because it I th- I think it did come out old to our time like originally. I'm not positive on that, but that would be where it would be better served to actually the level eighty version come out. I mean, you know, what are they going to do? These, you know, they can't run classic development based on like the uh, the uh, different, you know, the different the different holiday events. I can't talk today. Proof fest. I can't say for some reason. Can't say holiday. Killing me. All right. Well, yeah, that was just you know one thing I was curious about, and I do I I am with you. I think it's just a little overpowered, especially you can do it every day. I mean, if you don't, if you're a rogue and you don't get your 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 shanker, like you're literally just screwed at that point. You know, like that's a huge huge dagger, and you know, with uh, assass assassination being as good as it as as it is at the start here over combat, like. Eh. All right, guys, the last thing in the new, well, yeah, the, the, the last thing in the news is um, it basically put the, P, the, P, the TBC PTR pre-patch build on the PTR. Uh, and that is up now. Speculation is because when the TBC P, uh, pre-patch PTR came up 12 days later, we got pre-patch in TBC. People are speculating the 16th as pre-patch for Wrath, which 
gives like gives quite a bit of time. It gives like what six weeks of pre of pre patch if that's true. What do you guys think? This. I think it's not necessarily a good indication that Blizzard knows exactly when pre-patch is already because, I mean, Brian Birmingham just tweeted recently in a way that kind of backtracked on what, what was previously said because way back in the day, I think when they first announced Wrath Classic, they were talking about how he, he made an offhand comment, uh, comment about how he, how he wanted pre-patch to be four to six weeks. And I think it was like a couple of days ago at this point that all of a sudden he said, well, you know, back then I was just I was talking off the cuff. I was just throwing a number off the top of my head. But really, uh, pre-patch might end up being anywhere between maybe two to six weeks. So, yeah, he uh, he said that when he was interviewed with uh, he interviewed with Josh Corbett on on a uh, count countdown to classic. Yeah, he said so, uh, no less than two, no more than six, <laughs> which is super vague. <laughs> so to me, that that implies to me, especially knowing the state of the beta right now and knowing that a lot of stuff is still very broken. If I had to guess, they're probably on a timetable where it's just like as soon as it's ready to go, let's release it. I, I think if they want, if they if they were if they were able to release it within a week, they probably would. But like I said, based on the, the, beta, the fact that the beta just updated and it's still super broken in a lot of ways, my guess is that they're starting to get to the point where it's just like, uh, well, we, we should release pre-patch, but it's not ready to go yet. So it's just going to come whenever we think it's ready to go. So if I, if, I, if I had to guess at this point, like usually Blizzard has a track record of not announcing or of announcing pre-patch about two weeks in advance of when it actually comes out, or at least the end of the arena season, two weeks in advance. So if we're looking at that again for this, the end of this arena season, you would think it's absolute bare minimum if they announced it point. Like 10 seconds from now. Yeah, it would be, you'd, you'd see this, the season ending around, I guess it'd be maybe like the 17th or so. And if like, if they follow the trend recently where like they released the, uh, the pre-patch a week later, you'd be looking at like a pre-patch of the 23rd. So if I'm a betting man, I'm saying pre-patch comes out probably 23rd or maybe the, the 30th of August. Now, based on past timelines let me throw you a curve a curveball and my friend Spellcheck, if you uh just talked out of your ass and you didn't actually like this isn't actually true then i'm gonna be mad at you but maybe chat can tell me if he is wrong but he told me now this is hearsay i haven't looked it up supposedly the last season in tbc ran in to pre-patch which sounds absurd and crazy to to me, and I I don't build I don't believe him. I would love if Chat could tell me. I actually forgot I was gonna look this up, but I forgot to. And you just re, with your point, you just re re reminded me of what he said. So I think it's wrong. I think he's crazy. I don't think it would have happened. But if it did, then that would discount that thought too. And there's also the thing where there's a lot of cool shit in this pre-patch where, like, actual stuff, like to get the, uh, the axe that turns into a guitar and uh, the Arcanite Ripper or whatever it's called, and then, like, the Scourge Invasion. There's a whole bunch of shit that goes on during this pre-patch uh, that they might want more eyes on. So six weeks could actually possibly be a thing. That's, I mean, yeah. So yeah, like I'm saying, just throwing my, devil's ad, 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 advocate with this crazy thing that a friend told me that I forgot to look up. 
I agree. Like, it's probably their preference to have it be a longer pre-patch. My guess is just they can't release it until they know it's ready. And I think everybody probably agrees that it's not ready yet. So, okay, well, what they, they already set the release date in stone, right? So, like, they have to they have to release Wrath when they they said they're releasing it. So, okay, well, kind of never mind. Well, to release it. Yeah. One of uh, one of one of my mods in chat, Cappy, looked it up, and it, uh, it did end with the intro with the introduction of pre of pre-patch. The so spell check. You need to okay. check things better. That makes more sense because it'd be insane to me that you've got a PvP season that that has you know, new talents. Knows that a, a PvP season, if you're competitive, like only it's, it's only like the last week that matters, right? Because that's the that's the the week that you actually like grind the uh, um that you grind the rating, right? And so it'd be kind of weird to me that you don't grind the rating until a week where you have this new set of talents and new itemization that didn't exist for like the vast majority of the season. Dude, dude, warriors would be eating it up. It would be hilarious. Oh man, Red yeah. Paladins and pre-patch are fun too. Really? Oh yeah. I but bet so, there's a lot of. I mean, I'm excited to raid. I'm excited to see if anybody can raid any of the raids. I'm sure they could raid some of them in the uh, arms prot, like basically DP, like deep, like DPS spec. I'm it. I'm it. I'm, there's so much stuff in pre in pre-patch. So if it was six weeks, I'd take it. Absolutely. And I am of the belief that pre-patch will come on the 16th. And I'm pretty I'm not like 100 percent on that, but that's just like my prediction. And I think Dolly makes some really good points. And I like that you think that Blizzard won't push it out <laughs> until it's ready. Give it a benefit of the doubt. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Maybe I'm getting there. Credit. <laughs> I have a hard time getting there after seeing how Classic was released to us with Burning Crusade and all the bugs that came with that. So I, I wouldn't put it past Blizzard to ship out an unfinished project. We'll see. I, the only thing that prevents me from thinking from agreeing with you is that usually the arena people will get super upset and super mad if you give them like super short notice as far as when when the season is ending so i'd be i mean i'd be okay with a pre-patch of the 16th one thing i will say though about an earlier pre-patch that would be a bummer for a very small segment of the community me included is that it does immediately kill speed running because as soon as pre-patch is out and sunwall is nerfed no one cares about speed running anymore and you, at that point you're just waiting for the next phase so personally like if it was the 16th that would mean at this point we have after this resets over like one more lockout, I'm hoping for at least another two or three. That's probably optimistic, but, um, Dolly, can I ask you a question about speed running real quick? Sure. Because, so I play in fusion and I'm not a part of the speed running group because I just couldn't care less right now. And I, I got something that's kind of been bothering me. What are your thoughts about PTRing speed runs? Because personally, I think the, like, you know, PTR runs and the test runs and the doing it a million times. I, I'm more of a, you know, you get your shot. Like you, you, you either nail it or you fail it. Like do or die. Kind of like the world buff meta of classic. Um, I liked that um, depths mattered, mistakes mattered, um, and it wasn't just like a, oh we'll reset or we're just practicing on PTR a million times. Like what do you think about all that? Well, you you're kind of like bringing up two separate things but I'll, I'll address both of them i mean it's, it's, it's always interesting to hear the two different sides as to whether they think ptr is good or bad for speedrunning. and i understand the argument made by both like on the one hand i agree that world of warcraft largely is a game that's dictated by the raid lockout right like you get one raid lockout one chance per week to do the one raid and i i get that argument that you should have your one shot per week and if you if you mess up that week then well i'll try again next week i'll see you again next week and we'll give it another shot but 
I, I will admit off the bat, I'm biased on this topic because I'm totally fine with PTR and, um, and I'm in a guild that does PTR a lot to me though. The idea of not like you shouldn't be able to PTR for speed runs or it ruins the, the speed run experience is a little silly because the point of speed running, at least in my eyes and I, from what I can tell most people's eyes that do it is to, it's a competitive thing, right? Like you're trying to be the best at it. You're trying to go fast and you're trying to see if you can go faster than everyone else. And so if you're trying to be the best at something, this, the idea of like, you shouldn't be able to practice what you're trying to be the best at is a little silly to me. Cause I always like to make the analogy to sports where if you're, let's say trying to be the best golfer in the PGA, like, Oh, you're you're not allowed to practice golf between between the major events, right? Well, like and you can only you're practice. going to play that course that you're going to play in competition many times prior, just like you would the PTR. Sorry, I was just throwing that in there. Oh, yeah, okay, you're right. Maybe golf is not the best example. Maybe you should use something like you know. I don't no, know, no, NFL I think it's a right? no. I think it's a great a, a example because you're going to do that that thing, and like you might perform differently when it actually comes down to. All of the marbles, you know what I mean? Yeah, true. I mean, I thought it so, was a great uh, yeah. analogy. Yeah. So basically, yeah, you want to like the idea, the idea of not if you you know oh PTRN is bad for the speed running the idea to the idea of speed running is like is basically saying like practicing for a sport that you're that you're trying to be the best at is uh, between the games per every week is is silly. Like to me, if you want to be the best at something, you'd want to invest a lot of time into it, and you'd want to try to practice that to be to be as as good as you can be. Now. I understand and I sympathize with the people that would be like, well, I want to speed run, but I can't PTR every week. And I get that. Not everybody has time to PTR for three nights a week. It's not for everybody. Like, yeah, sorry. exactly. Like I would love to be, you know, Tom Brady and make millions of dollars uh, in the NFL right now. But like, I recognize that I can't really devote my entire life to playing football. So that answer usually upsets a lot of people because they, you know, like, no, oh, I should be able to do it. And I get it. Like a lot of some, maybe some people want to do it and they don't, don't have the time for it. But, um, That's I guess anything, you can, though, in life. Yeah, you can apply this to anything in life. If you want to be the best at something, you should, you have to spend a lot of time, devote a lot of time, like working on it. Right. So I've always been fine with the idea of PTR. And that's to me why I think PTR is fine, especially because like a lot of the cool stuff you see people do in speed runs, this honestly applies more to vanilla than it does to TBC, but a lot of the cool stuff you see people do, like for example, back in vanilla, you saw people kill Saffron in like 15 seconds because they brought the polarity buff from Thaddeus into, into Saffron. Nobody could pull that off unless they practiced that a ton. And when people were watching that on Twitch, it was really cool to watch and people got really hyped over it. And you wouldn't have been able to see stuff like that if people were just winging it and just tried it for the first time just in the actual raid. So I think Dude. as far as the spectacle is concerned, it also helps out as well. The SSC rocket boots parachute thing was like was one of the coolest like hype things I saw in TBC in, in TBC where they're all just like rocket booted and then oh, from the parachute. elevator you mean yeah that was so yeah. cool I was like damn so I agree well, with rugs I will, say, I, will, I, will, I will say one more thing because like okay, there was the, the he addressed two things like he was talking about PTR and you were also talking about pre clearing. Those are two separate things because pre-clearing is something you can do on like the live actual run and you can try as many times like in Sunwell, for example, before Caligos. And then if it doesn't go right, you just reset and try again. I agree. That part, completely terrible. I, I wish there was a way to prevent doing that. I agree that when you're going to do the actual run on the live servers and you're ready to go and you're trying to get the good time, the idea of starting and then saying, actually, no, this run wasn't good enough. Let's try again. When the like the cards are actually 
cards are down is silly. There's no way to prevent it, unfortunately, unless Blizzard changes the raids to make it so that as, you know, as soon as you kill the first trash mob, I guess you're saved. Uh, but the idea of like starting over, over, over and over and over again, and especially pre-clearing where there's certain trash that isn't required by Warcraft logs, so you have to pre-clear it in advance to make the rest of the run easier. I hate all of that. I wish that didn't exist. And that's one. That was one of the great things about world buffs is that you did you weren't able to do something like that, right? You you tried once. If you died and lost a world buffs, like GG. I'll see you again next week. So, I wish that was not a part of the speedrun meta, for sure. So okay, so I agree with with here. I'll start it differently. I agree with Dally that the speedrun stuff I think really needs the P, the the PTR, and I think that's really cool. But I agree with Rugs if we're talking about world first. I wish you couldn't practice raids prior to it act it coming out, but then I wish PTR would stay up and you could practice speed running after the world first race is over. I think that would make both of them just as ex- exciting. Whereas right now, the way they do it with the bringing out the PTR first, the world first is basically just a speed run competition rather than figuring out the bosses, which I think could be a really cool thing to start out each raid and then keep the PTR, then the PTR has the actual dungeons on it, and then you actually see all the speed runners come compete throughout that phase. I think that would be really neat, because I would love to see the world first race last a little bit longer each, each release. Well, here's the problem. I would agree with you if the content that they were releasing was new content that nobody had ever done before. But the issue is, like, in reality, if you're a guild that's trying to get world first, let's say, like, clear of Wrath, Nax, for example, it's not like nobody knows what exactly to expect. Or maybe Wrath, Nax is a bad example, but, like, let's say something like Olduvar. Um, If they release Olduvar and there's a PTR for Olduvar for a month in advance, like, yeah, the guilds going for world first Olduvar are going to do the PTR on Olduvar. So let's say Blizzard says, okay, let's make the world first race more interesting. Let's take away, like, you can't PTR Olduvar at all before it's out. Are the top guilds in the world who are going to try to go for a world first Olduvar just going to wing it when it comes out? No. Wrath P-servers exist, just like TBC P-servers exist, Vanilla P-servers exist. They're going to practice it one way or another. Like, I can guarantee you, like, a guild like Progress or, like, back in the day, like, Onslaught, we PTR'd something like AQ40, even if there was never an official PTR for it. We PTR'd it on our, on our own private server. To practice it for when it came out so if if a raid already exists and if there's already some place you can do it even if it's not like the official version the top guilds are going to practice it regardless so i would actually argue ironically that the ptr makes it more accessible for people i guess trying to go for world first because then it doesn't require that your guild set up an entire ptr and it, it basically yeah. makes it so that like a guild who's trying to go for world first doesn't have to set up this ptr that takes a lot of time and effort and and resources to to do so i know a lot not a lot of people or there's at least a lot of people that won't agree with this take but in my opinion having a raid out in the ptr does actually make it a little bit more fair if it's like the official ptr that everyone has access to i agree and i think i think that's good um i think it's completely fair and plus like at the end of the day this content needs to be tested I don't want to have a world first race where there's like untested raids or like bugs that we encounter that literally ruin, ruin the world first race. Yeah, Absolutely no, nobody wants to lose it. world first to world first because some bug 
like some fight bugged out and you lost because you wiped on wiped to something you couldn't control exactly like on beta you know how and i think they fixed it actually they probably made it worse um but gluth originally wasn't doing his decimate like it, he was doing decimate to the raid but it wasn't doing damage to the ads and so you had to like kite the yeah. boss around the room like the first Shove. time we did that on beta <laughs> it was a disaster it was, it was, like, oh, going on. It was oh shit what it was, it was a zoo dude. it was pretty fun for the tags kiting it around well i mean fun operative word like depending on the person you are but <laughs> right and it's fun because it's beta and it's like it's clearly a bug but if that were like the world first race uh, moment and that happened to you oh my god that ruins everything so at the end of the day like these raids need to be tested so we have to have some version of ptr um i think i just at the end of the day would like to see ptr taken down and not just like permanently exist throughout the entire phase forever and ever always okay See, I th- well, Blizzard's been really inconsistent on that. Some phases they have it up the entire time, sometimes yep. they don't. It's kind of weird that like it's it's just kind of arbitrary. Like Black Temple, for example, it wasn't up the entire phase, and then this phase for Sunwell, it's been up almost the entire phase. They only took it down like a week ago. I know. Um, I, 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 if anything, I agree that like I wish there was some consistency. Like either have it up the entire time or don't, and just don't make it so like sometimes it is, sometimes it sure. isn't. Sure. I know. For the speed running stuff, I do like I do like it being up. Just like I don't do the speed run stuff, but like I enjoy watching it, you know. So, but yeah. So, so Dally, let me throw it back at you though, because you brought up everybody would do private servers, right? But the second time you came on the show was two weeks after Nax dropped, and you gave a story about uh, the difference between your private server practice and the ptr practice for mm-hmm. instance on a patch on on patchwork you thought you could take him i think this is right correct me if i'm wrong you thought you could take him without pulling all of the trash and then all the trash pulled and you're like oh nope we can't do that it, it wasn't all of it but it was a, a specific mob that pulled that we didn't think would pull yeah yeah so that type of thing would have been like an, you know, even if you did practice on a private server, because private servers are definitely not all completely accurate. So, it so it would be a fun thing to watch because if every guild's using all these P, these PTRs, then they would have to solve these small these small problems that pop up, and it'd be like, oh shit, oh shit, you know, like it'd be kind of neat to see people in real time figure that that stuff out like i was watching Zy, uh zyreen stream today and it bugged out after uh what's his name and the god i could never remember boss's names the boss right before um Hagen. noth noth so the room bugged out and they couldn't get in the room so they're they're racking their brain with like okay can we use a a, a warlock summon stone right here and they'll get summoned It'll pop them up to the top platform. You know, they were just like thinking of weird things they could do. And I, I mean, I like I tuned in for the stream for just a second, and then I ended up staying to see if they they figured out a way to like, you know, like get into this broken spot. You know, but I I guess that would be kind of annoying. But I think for the for the world first, it happens once. You know, and the speed runs I think is something you can you can refine over time, but. That's that's just me. I I wish, or I wish like the top guilds like you like 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 you guys would just let streamers stream that P, that PTR practice so I could see how they actually work through the problems 
because you don't get to see that from most of the top guilds because they don't let streamers stream that content, you know? Or yeah. at least have, or at least after the fact, let the streamers release VODs on YouTube or, or uh, just something to see how the cookies cooked. Would be really neat for someone like me who never gets to actually do that type of top, top end stuff. I mean, I think that's why there's so much uh, appeal around the, the race to world first whenever they do raid releases on retail, because you get to see that happen. Like, they, you get to see people trying to figure that stuff out in real time. But the issue is uh, when you're doing classic and you're releasing raids that have already been solved and have already existed for so many years, it's, it's always going to be hard to to make them to at least make like the cutting edge people, the people that are trying to go super hard. It's always going to be hard to make it feel like it's a basically it's a challenge for them, because when you have the when you've been given the answers to the test in advance, like it's going to be hard to make that test hard when you've already memorized the answers, I guess, if that makes sense. So I, you're right in that like private servers are not as good of a, a practice ground compared to like the official PTR. Cause like private servers will never get it totally correctly as far as how it performs compared to what uh, the actual live servers do. But it'd be fun. I, I you're right to like to watch guilds figure out like the, the stuff that they're going to use for the world first in advance. But yeah, it just comes back to the problem. Like if you can't stream it because if you do, you don't want to give away your advantage. Like stuff you figure out on the PTR, you don't want to reveal like, hey, here's this really cool thing we're going to do in advance. It'd be cool to watch that for sure. But then you give away like your competitive advantage and that kind of defeats the purpose of PTR in the first place. Well, uh, what's interesting is Dur, uh, Dur, Dur a chat, friend of the show, been on the show many times says that he, he uh, feels like that's why Jordy's been blowing up lately because Fusion's openly streaming all PTR beta practice. But are they also streaming speedrun practice? Is that true? Because that's what I'm specifically talking about is like most of the time the guilds don't run the actual speedrun strats on stream. Rugs might be able to answer better. I don't think we're streaming any of our PTR running, um, but we do stream all beta stuff or not like PTR speed run practice. But before raid comes out, we stream all the PTR of that. We're streaming everything that we have on beta right now. Um, truth be told, there's some things that we we aren't showing like for Nax Ramus right now that we're doing on beta. Some things are being hidden, but overall, for the most part, like we literally have a raid going right now. It's being live streamed right now um, on Nax beta. Like we are we're streaming as much as we possibly can, just the content of us, you know, messing around with it and trying to discover new things. Literally, uh, last night we did two next Ramuses, uh, 25 man. And one of them, we were like, all right, let's just see what happens in Gothic. What happens if we put like all 25 people on dead side? Like what literally what happens to the mobs on living side? Can we, will they come to us and can we still hop over the gate like we did in vanilla and, and all these things. And so we're just kind of like experimenting and messing around and just kind of kicking the can and see what happens. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really cool. I, I like that. Um, for the most part, we're a pretty open book with all that. It's really fun. Nice. Well, did we do that? We all stayed on the live side, right? Uh, when I ran with you. Right. So we stayed on the live side. Cause I know that if you leave the dead side alive, Eventually, the gates open up and all the dead mobs just come to you. But we decided, what if we put instead all 25 people on the dead side and then you could get someone to glitch through the gate and go pull trash while you're doing gothic. And we did that and ended up proving like, yeah, you can do that, too. So it's just like classic was. And there's some weird little you know, interactions there that you can make happen for speedruns in the future. Weird, weird. All right. 
Well, um, I, well, we uh, we kind of tangents, you know, off of uh, the uh, um, the uh, like when what did we tangent off of? I think it was pre-patch somehow. <laughs> I don't know how we got here. <laughs> yeah, there was something. There was something. Oh my gosh, there was something I was gonna follow up on because I agreed with like half of you on the different. Yeah, shit. I don't. I have. I have no clue. I know it. It was a good, good thing, but it's lost now. So we're just gonna move into. Bobby, we need to have a talk about this World of Warcraft classic. Do I look like I know what a WoW token is? Okay, so this week's discussion, I. I play that live now, and it just makes me laugh every time. I used to just put it in post, but okay. <laughs> so, uh, so this is just a like a like a free form talk about about beta and about different strategies and and, and stuff. And I, I I do you like looking at the topics that I had? Uh, is there anything that jumps out at you guys that you that you would like to talk about? I have something I want to talk about real quick. It's a pet peeve of mine. Let's do it. Yeah. And you two both are guilty of it from the last two things that both of you said recently. Oh, no. Okay. I'm going to defend private servers for a second. (laughs) When it comes to saying, oh, private servers will never get it correct or private servers are never fully accurate. Yeah. Accurate. That is a very. Tilting. Very tilting. You got to be careful (laughs) about your wording because what we get is what we get. It's not that what we get is going to be 100% accurate and based on private servers. Does this picture match this picture? No. Classic is going to be its own picture. It will not be like it was back in the day. It will not be like it how it is in private servers. And what we get is what we get. It is not that like, oh, this fight works different differently than it did on war main or sunwell private server or it works differently than it did back in the day no this is the classic version of how kelthuzad works he has five ads now instead of four or whatever the case is you know like i people need to be careful about that shit that bothers me <laughs> yeah I, I know what you're saying you're you're i probably worded incorrectly when i said accurate i meant more like if you're trying to practice for what it's going to be like on the release on classic you're never going to p servers are never going to be able to be identical to what it's like in classic. I'm not trying to say like one version is more correct than the other. I have no idea. I, I technically played retail wrath back in the day, but I was like a 15 year old kid who remembers nothing. So yeah, I'm not trying to say like the blizzard versions, the definitive version, like we know for sure, like the, the classic versions, the exact replica, like I'm sure it's not. Um, in fact, I'm sure you could argue in many ways, like wrath P servers are, are more accurate than the, what the blizzard version will be. But when it comes to like practicing for raids, like obviously the one, you got to practice for would be what it's like in classic, whether it's correct or not. That's more what I meant, I guess. For sure. And I agree with that. Yeah. And for me, I'm actually a really weird, like I'm a weird person in the content creator hemisphere, whatever, because when, I mean, I played at the top level in actual vanilla as a fresh, as a fresh college grad. I mean, I I was at the cutting edge, and then in, and then I didn't raid in TBC. I just did PvP. But then in Wrath, I raided at the cutting edge once again. And I hear all these different things from private server players, and I'm like, they're like, they're like, uh, you know, warrior sucks as a take. And I'm like, 
dude, we had a main tank and did every fucking hard mode. Most of them second on the the observer. Like, like you're crazy to say that they can't they that 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 they can't do it. They suck, you know. So like, I actually was there, whereas most of the content creators weren't. You know, and so I'm in the weird boomer category of like the guy that actually did it back in you know the day, and you know didn't do it on private servers. Like I wish I had played private servers because then I'd have like all of the knowledge. You know, it'd be awesome. But there are well, definitely things that are like I'm like, dude, that doesn't sound right. You know, and like, and I know shit gets figured out better, but by wrath. We were figuring out shit pretty good, so like I definitely get the 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 vanilla thing because we didn't have DPS warriors and all rogues were freaking uh, dagger rogues, you know. Like it was it was weird com- compared, and we definitely figured that out more. But sorry, you go ahead. I was gonna say, yeah, one thing you have to consider is though is the fact that like back in when you were playing retail wrath, you were playing that you were playing them as the patches came out, so. Uh, how classes performed on 3.0 was different from 3.1 and different from 3.3. Whereas in on private servers, and then what we're going to get in classic is it's just going to be 3.35 from just the very start, right? So like every class is going to have the same talents, same mechanics, same scalings, whatever, whatever from the start based on the final patch of talents. So like, for example, DKs were just absurdly broken at the start of Wrath, right? They, They just destroyed everybody else in every aspect of the game. And so if you played Retail Wrath, you would think like, oh, well, in Max, like DKs are going to be absolutely absurd, right? Because that's what I remember from playing Retail. And like, I'm not trying to say your experience isn't relevant, but I will say that... You're extremely right. Not, yeah, it, it can't necessarily translate one-to-one from Retail to Classic just because Classic is going to have DKs based on the final patch of Wrath where they're not nearly as OP as they were at the start of the game. So you, and, and and you no, hit it right on the dot. What, yeah. Nobody knows what the meta is going to be like because... We're going to get, like Ruggs said earlier, a version of, of Wrath that's different from every P-server that's ever been existed, and it's going to be different from retail, right? It's going to be its own thing that, yep. that isn't going to be identical to anything yet. So we, it's anybody who tries to say that, like, oh, I know exactly what the meta is going to be like from day one to the finish is, is a liar because no one's ever played this exact version of Wrath before. Exactly. And man. that's why I love where Ruggs will say it over and over. He was like, don't have enough info yet i can tell you what it was like on private servers here and i love that and there's been a lot of you know content creators that have that have done that and that's what i tell people when they ask me questions i'm like well i can tell you up to toc but i quit during toc and there was a shit ton of class changes to every to every class going into icc so I don't know past that. And that's what we're going to get, you know? And so I think it's exciting. And I, and yeah, and rugs to like, let you know, I watch every one of your, your videos. I, I think like whether it's private servers or not, it is good prep and definitely the only prep that we have. So fuck yeah. Like, you know, but you always have to take things with a grain of salt, you know? Right. And it's like I've been saying from the beginning, like it'd be foolish to ignore an already established meta like that. That's just silly. But to think that the meta can't change is also silly. And it's just like Dolly said, like what we're going to get is something that is completely unique to what it was back in the day and completely unique to any private server. Like it 
cannot compare the two one to one. And so we have to be uh, we have to be like water. We have to be fluid. We have to be uh, able to flex. We have to be able to uh, main swap if we need to, uh, depending on certain classes performing better than expectations. But you can't just blindly ignore the meta when people tell you like, oh, this class is really OP, like a prop paladin, for example, and just say like, ah, no, I don't think prop paladins are that strong. I'm going to play a bear druid instead. Like, okay, well, you're clearly like not listening. And like, maybe you're right. Maybe you're taking a gamble that could work out in your favor. But like the meta has clearly established this is like the best tank, for example. And you're definitely safer. You got to be fluid. Yeah, you're definitely safer sticking with that. But like, you know, if you want a challenge, like you know, I do. I'm going to try to. I'm going to try to main tank one of our raids as a a warrior, and I feel like you know it's a cool challenge. But I'm going to have to do a ton of research because there's less info out about that too. You know, like if you don't go with meta, you're going to have to do some of your own research because there's not going to be stuff out there for you to actually consume and get good fast, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, like that kind of brings me into the next thing, like. What has performed differently? I, I loved your, uh, it was kind of like a podcast you did uh, with, I forget the guy's name, but another private server guy. And you guys were, were doing the tier list DPS. Um, and you guys argued about a bunch of different things. And I loved that you put combat rogues higher than him and told him he just hasn't, he just hasn't met a good combat rogue. Because that's another main that I'm going to do. So maybe happy, but yeah, like what's perf- what's what's performing in the beta differently than you've seen prior? Yeah, so I think there are some, you know, eyebrow raisers, and I think a lot of it is due to overall damage because for the most part in the P server scene, like we're not really looking at overall damage. It's not something that we really monitor or track. Um, we care more about, um, you know, boss damage and uh, boss fight optimization, particularly harder content like Old War and beyond. Um, and so it's been really interesting to see. I think one things that have kind of impressed me are things like Marksman Hunter overall. Oh, yeah. Um, Sarth specific- has been really pushing that. Yeah, that's been blasting. Um, Destro Warlock has been doing pretty well. Um, we saw a hybrid spec, uh, you know, grow through the piece ever seen um, over the last like year or so. And sure enough, that is doing actually really well. It's a Destro Demo hybrid build that's uh, doing really well in beta. Um, dual wield and holy is doing pretty much exactly like we thought it would uh, based from based on p server data which is actually pretty crazy i didn't think that dual wield would actually go this well from p server to a classic and it, it actually is so that to me was surprising um we're also seeing some weird things like the feral druid community coming up with a uh, bear weaving to increase uh, uh feral dps which was never a thing on the p server scene um and it's been really kind of fun to watch. I think uh, um, the, the sad thing is there are still bugs. Like I know Shadow Priest and Affliction Warlocks have their issues and we can't get an accurate picture of like how those will actually perform phase one because they are, there are some severe issues with them on the beta right now. So unfortunately, we don't have the full uh, picture in front of us. Yeah, well, uh, what about that Simonize? uh tricks or uh fan of knives spec uh and then even worse when he when he couples that with the rod from uh from kt the rod that gives you energy 
He could just fan of dives constantly. Have you seen that in in like in action? Yeah, yeah. He was doing that in the raid that I was leading the other day. Um, last raid testing. It's a, uh, it's pretty crazy. Um, I really like it. And that's I just love that there are people out there like Simonize who exist that will like just push the boundaries and just test the most random stuff and and find the most interesting results. Like, I absolutely love that. I, I'm so excited for more people in the classic community who do not have beta yet and will receive like classic eventually to just play around in this playground that and this expansion that I just adore. I know that you guys are going to come up with like the craziest shit. I uh, held myself. I was messing around with some build the other day. I invented or I didn't invent. Heel hands. Yeah, I just started doing some heel hand stuff. I uh, watched um, about forty five, about forty five minutes of that, and like they really didn't need you because they really didn't need the heels, did they? Exactly. It's a dungeon spec. It's just to do more damage in dungeons. I absolutely love it. It's genuinely like extremely fun, extremely satisfying. Everything that uh, an enhanced shaman has, like heel hands has. So it's basically just playing enhance in a dungeon. It's so stupid. It genuinely is. And then the other, like literally last night. We had 25 people together for doing next 25. We didn't have a single shaman. We didn't have a single like enhance or uh, marksman hunter or blood decay. So we had no attack power buff. We had no spell haste totem. So I was like, well, I got a heal hands ready if you want me to come on my heal hands. So they're like, yeah, sure. Bring your heal hands. So I logged over to my heal hands. We did a full next 25 on the heal hands and it was horrible. It was just as bad as I thought it would be, but worse. It's a terrible terrible 25 man spec but still probably one of the strongest and most satisfying and most fun dungeon spec healers for sure but now the problem is now the term is out there and there's a lot of people really salty about the the heel hands idea existing it's it's been hilarious to watch (laughs) (laughs) oh man so like how how do you gear a a heel hands we just like my in my eyes i was going for basically full resto gear a couple aggressive like offensive items or in your trinket slots like meteorite whetstone or sundial something like that you dual wield um the same enhanced weapons that you normally would for like spell hands like a a spell power main hand and then like a a regular enhanced offhand double uh spell power and pretty much everything else is just resto gear zero hit rating zero expertise um and this just really helps your mana but in a raid environment i had infinite mana i had no like I didn't even need to use shamanistic rage, like infinite mana. It was pointless how much mana I had. Um, and I couldn't do any healing because I didn't have enough maelstrom stacks going. Like it was just, and my damage was just barely above the warriors and rep paladins. Um, it was, it's trash, dude. <laughs> In a raid I find it very I find it very sad that the standard of like, if you're doing well or not, like, mm, well, I was, I was only like doing the like levels of warrior DPS. So huh. <laughs> a warrior man that makes me very sad. <laughs> Oh, um, Dally, have you tried any different specs in raiding and next? So far, all I've played is uh, Arcane Mage and Frost DK. Uh, I've I've seen and heard enough about Warrior to know that Phase One, at least, it's not going to be not going to be great. I, I understand that. I, I'm okay with that. But I'll just keep um, feeding those crazy warriors because every time you say they're going to be bad, they get stronger, right? Is, yeah, I mean, is exactly. That what like, Zyreen hey, look, says. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows and, and understands that warriors will be great eventually. So I'm I'm totally fine with just like biding my time and getting waiting to the point where they're actually good. But I will say like Frosty K is really fun. Frosty K feels like what you wish Fury Warrior feels like in Max. Frosty K has been really satisfying, even without the bug sigil. 
Uh, and then Arcane Mage, honestly, that's been extremely underwhelming. I've only played with the template character for Arcane, so I can't say what it feels like to play with a well-geared Arcane Mage, but that's been thoroughly underwhelming so far on the raid tests. That one, I'll play it, but I'm not looking forward to that one nearly as much as, as trying out DK, at least in Phase 1. And I want to try Enhancement as well. I've, I've yet to play that, but um, Enhancement has obviously been performing really, really well, and it, it looks and sounds it looks really fun. Really based good. On, yeah, based on what I've seen from the from like other people playing it, so I want to try that out as well. You're gonna love it, Dolly. That's right nope. up your alley, man. You're you're a melee brain guy, just like me. You're gonna absolutely love Enhance. It seems yeah, like it looks like it's super high APM, which is definitely my thing. So I'm definitely down to try it. Seems like Spellhance has been. It, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's how performing just basic enhance, right? Or my crazy? Uh, I mean, to me, the two are hand in hand. Like, Aren't it's, they it's the, same the same thing, class. essentially. Yeah. yeah. So you're basically I know, like, just losing damage from you... one side and gaining it from the spell side or something? Is it, is it even that? I, from what I know, isn't the spec pretty much the same? And the only difference between the two is like how you gear, but you're not like changing your rotation, you're not changing your gameplay at all. It's mostly it's just like if you want, you could like slot in some spell power items in these few slots. Right. For like you a are, game. You're essentially doing like double flame tongue weapon instead of wind fury flame tongue. Uh, you switch out like one glyph and you put on maybe some spell power gear, maybe like in your neck, wrist, belt, ring area, trinkets. Um, and everything else is the same. The rotation's the same. The talents are identical. It's the it's the same class. So basically, you could just decide which one to go based on drops, what you've, what gear you've gotten. You could, but to me, it makes a lot more sense just to go conventional enhance because if if, if you try to go spell enhance where you're trying to collect all these spell power items, it's you're gonna make a lot of casters in your raids pretty salty, especially when you know there's a bunch of mail items that exist that are more tailored towards like your spec. But you're like, nah, I don't want any of that stuff. I want the, I want the spell power ring or I want the the spell power necklace that like every warlock and mage and shadow priest and boom can want. I, to me, even if spell hands were to be slightly better, like as like, compared to like more conventional hands, as far as like how you gear is concerned in reality, if you're in a guild of 25 players in a raid, like, and you're trying to distribute items, it seems like it's a lot to ask to say all this enhanced stuff that was like designed for my class. I don't want any of this. Give me all the stuff that like three other, three or four other classes wants. And practically speaking, I feel like you should just gear more traditionally. Well, you can do both. I mean, it's you can go halfway like you essentially like a spell hand. That's all it really needs at the end of the day is a spell power main hand. That's it. True. And in phase one, that's your rate strike. Literally no one else will need it. Uh, It's your best in slot for all the phase one is rate strike. It's a slow fist weapon that has spell power on it. It's literally like made for spell hands. It may as well be named spell hands fist weapon. Um, it's it's perfect, and you you take that. No one else needs it. And then all the other like stuff, like your neck and wrist and whatever, whatever, like that can just be whatever you get. No big deal. With the class is very flexible. With the Ellie Shami, who probably shouldn't be there, be upset with you taking that fist weapon. I mean, in theory, like the Ellie Shaman's best in slot is Torch from KT. It's no one else's bis. It's the uh, it's only best for the enhanced shaman. So gotcha. Okay, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, you would probably ask what Ellie shaman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's exactly what I said. Who shouldn't even be there? Would he yeah. be bad? <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, so the only thing that I've that I've rated on in PTR is a combat sword spec rogue because I wanted to just be different. Should have went fist dagger, but I wanted to be different, and. 
I found that to be extremely fun because I make so many mistakes. So I'm going to get to just improve and improve and improve. Like, uh, how have you guys felt about the new rotations? Because there's just really good rotations that, I mean, like, I can only speak for the Rogue currently, but, like, I got to, like, really think about, like, oh, when am I going to spend these bubbles? Because I need to make sure to have my five-point rupture up at all times. But then I got to, like, do slice and dice, like, at a different amount of of bubbles and it depends on my gear it depends on the fight it depends how much you know we move and it's been it's been a blast just like messing up so i could get better whereas like playing the warlock in tbc has just been like all i gotta really worry about is positioning and i know that's a skill i don't like that skill i like being melee but like like it's still just one button basically for the most part shadow bold and then dealing with movement and i don't like that play style but like how have you guys felt about the different rotations which get more complicated for a lot of classes i'm personally fine with it like yeah i'm the type of person who doesn't want to just sit there spamming one button and doing nothing else because i find it more fun to have a bit more of a challenge and a bit of a higher skill cap so yeah like i to me, that's one of the reasons why I haven't enjoyed Arcane nearly as much as when I tried DK, because Arcane is basically just you're swapping back and forth between Arcane Blast and Arcane Missiles, and that's it. The entire fight, no matter what. If you're doing trash, you just spam Blizzard. That's it. Ooh. Uh, so I, I think for a lot of people, yeah, the more complex rotations is going to make things more fun. But I will say, even if I'm not this type of player, I know there's a, a non-insignificant portion of the, the player base that does play classic specifically because they don't like the super complex and the super fancy flashy rotations or well they could just play red I guess, red pally they could just have one maybe. one macro yeah i mean there's obviously some simpler classes in wrath compared to other ones but or assassination are, rogue yeah there are there are a lot of players i've heard from who like, like literally talk about how they enjoy the idea of playing a one button class like they like playing a, a warlock in vanilla or they like playing a mage in tbc who just spams one button some people just want to sit back and chill and not necessarily have to think too hard about how to play their class and think about uh, min-maxing the rotation at all points around a fight just to do well. Some people just like sitting back like, ah, just spam a button and talk to the boys over voice and um, shoot the shit for a couple of hours and finish the raid and get my loot and get out of here. So I think it's going to be for Wrath, at least with how rotations become more complicated. It might be a little polarizing. I think most people will probably be welcome to or open to the to the change of it being a bit more complex and a bit more, um, a bit more, I guess, skill cappy or whatever you want to put it. But I think there's also going to be a certain segment of the classic population who like the the simplicity of the game kind of appealed to them that it actually might turn them off a bit. Uh, so I think overall it's probably good for the gameplay experience. But I was just mostly playing devil's advocate, saying there might be a certain amount of people that might not necessarily like that. Well, but I mean, just to play devil's ad, ad advocate to that, there are classes that are easy. Like Rugs has done uh, videos on ones that are are easy, you know, rotations. So, you know, there, you know, it might be more limited now, but like people still, you know, that would have just chill, like still have that option. Like Pally is a road, like Rip Pally is a rotation, but there is a one button macro that really like really works and then like there's rogue which is basically after your uh, rogue assassination which is basically after your opener it's two buttons you know and rugs is 
Is there even more? Oh my god, there's a lot of classes that are insanely easy in Wrath, for sure. And I, I think that um, I think that Wrath kind of has like, sure, a little bit more, but a pretty similar uh, feel that TBC does when it comes to skill expression. I think players who are really good at their class will still continue to find ways to stand out uh, amongst the rest. And that's all because of complex rotations. That's because of potentially just being a simple rotation, but just knowledge of the fight and being able to position yourself well, react to the encounter well. Um, I think in terms of just the changes from TBC to Wrath, like my favorite thing really going into it and playing both side by side, like literally every day, like every hour switching between the two um, is the fact that like every class has AOE now and cleave like that is like the biggest thing. So I mean, a feral druid in TBC. I absolutely love feral druid in TBC. I'm uh, obsessed with it. I love it. I think it's great. I'm a DPS player, by the way. I'm only cat. I never I never go bear except for. Um, you know, on twins and yeah, never go real. full bear. You'll, you'll go half bear. Exactly. But so in wrath, I'm terrible at feral Druid. I'm actually really bad at it, but I love it still. Um, I used to not like it, but now I'm starting to love it more and having swipe. Oh my God, dude. It's, it just makes the class feel so much more complete. It really does. And I know that other classes can feel the same thing that I am, because when I look at the overall meters at the end of the last raid that we did, when it was my first time doing like feral and a in a guild run, and I ended up like third overall on damage, like that feels good, man, because I, I'm not touching. I am not touching anywhere close to that on overall in TBC because you don't have like the time, kind of toolkit that you have uh, these days. So the fact that in Wrath you can have that kind of skill expression, I think is really cool. Yeah, and I think, yeah, and trash, like, I've never really liked trash, and I do like the fact that, like, trash is so much easier with everybody having AoE, and everybody can kind of, like, get into the fight there instead of feeling like they're just kind of, like, a wet noodle till they get to the boss, which, you know, partly is what makes trash unfun for me on different classes, you know? So, yeah, I think that's, I, th I think that's pretty cool, too. I will be a bit of the opposing take here and say that while I think I, well, I can understand why some classes appreciate that there's more AOE that's more widespread for all the classes. One thing that I haven't liked about the raid test so far as a person who's doing like wrath raids for the first time is that the classes feel a, a lot less unique, I guess, in a lot of ways now, because if you're just running into a trash pack, the every class's solution here is just uh, spam your AOE button, I guess. And one of the things, and this is my boomer take for sure, but one of the things I really like about vanilla and mostly about TBC, even if it's like to a lesser extent, is the classes definitely have much more of their own strengths and weaknesses, right? Like, so, for example, um, a mage in vanilla, single target DPS, eh, it's fine, but it's not amazing. But AoE, they're the gods, they're like the undisputed kings. And in TBC, like, especially earlier on in the game, like warriors, they're single target, pretty mediocre. They're they're large, like AOE packs, awful. But then when it comes to like those ah, like the two or three or four mob pulls, you're a god, you're amazing. And in Wrath to me so far, and this of course is based only off my raid tests in the beta, so like it's a very limited experience. But um, it seems like everybody's solution now is just everyone a everyone has their AOE, everyone just uses their AOE on single target. Everybody just does very similar single target. Everyone has their their same burst rotation and. One of the things I guess that I'm concerned about with Wrath is, and this is what a lot of people talk about even way back in the day of retail, is that 
classes start to become more homogenized over time. They start to lose their identity and they start to have less unique features to them. And like, on the one hand, I get why they did that. It's to make it more flexible. So you're not locked into this really, really rigid raid comp where you have to bring this class for this role and this class for this role. Um, but I th- think they went too far though in retail. Like everybody has a self heal, uh, you know, I mean, right. literally and, and, everybody has everything. Yeah, and I'm not trying to say that I think they went too far in Wrath. Like, I think that's a matter of opinion. I haven't played Wrath enough to really have my own opinion on that yet. But I will say that, like, for example, one of the things I like playing about the Mage class was the fact that it's really strong in AoE. So when you get to AoE situations, like, all right, it's my time to shine, right? And now you're in Wrath where it's just like, well, it's an AoE pull. Like, okay, everyone can do that. And so that makes me sad as a person who likes the more, I guess, maybe niche qualities of previous expansions. but. I'll, I'll be curious to see if that changes or feels any different as I guess the, the phases progress. See, I could only, so I really only played rogue at a top level back in wrath originally. And I can really only speak to that, but like, there is like little unique things you can do to like really make yourself better in trash. Like for instance, combat rogue, you could just go in and fan of knives, you know, and you do, you do pretty good damage, but you could go in fan of knives first, then blade, uh, blade, Blade Fury, then Killing Spree, and while Killing Spree's going, you're gaining more energy back, then you Phantom Dives again, you've gotten a ton more damage there on the trash pack, you know, like, there are little ways to min-max, but I can only speak to Rogue, I don't know if there's, like, ways to do that with other stuff, because I just, I just haven't raided with him, but it just makes being Rogue a whole lot more fun on trash. Like so, I know why they did that? They wanted to make it so every class felt more like they weren't useless for some certain situations in raid. Yeah, which but I, I get. get like, yeah, I, I get what you're saying too, that, for sure. Uh, well, uh, we're we're kind of running here at the end, but I kind of wanted to get just some fun boss strat- uh, strat- uh, strategies in at least, um, specifically like. Sar three Drakes or the fun one that I did with you rugs where we took uh three of the four horsemen and then had a healer tanking the other one while we just cleaved them down. Can you maybe go into some of those like go into the strategy of those those two fights? Yeah, so the four horsemen one's fun. That one's been around in the peace server scene for a long time. A lot of times we call it the DI strat because you could just DI some you know, useless warrior or something over in the corner okay. to tank Zeliac. <laughs> and uh, so we proved that the DI doesn't work on beta, which is totally fine. You can still do the strat. You just throw a healer over there to stand um, in range of Zeliac to, you know, give him something to hit. And then he heals himself um, while literally the rest of the raid, all 24 people kill all three of the other horsemen. Uh, it's a great little cheese. Uh, it's even doable on 10 man. Um, it's, it just makes the fight easy. It makes the fight fun. Um, everyone just gets the blast. You save lust for it. It's it's a really good time. And then for OS 3D, um, I've done a couple runs of it. The first time we did it, I wanted to stay traditional. And we did the traditional five heal, two tank. Um, we killed all the drakes. We jumped into the portal. We avoided all the tsunami walls, all the things. It took us probably, you know, five or six attempts. And we were doing this without DBM. And I'm literally just going off of instincts with raid calls. I'm like, OK, so next drake should be landing soon. Or this going to happen in like five seconds, I think. And uh, we ended up killing it. But then the next time we did it, we were like, all right, let's just zerg it this time. 
that's where I that's what I was with you. And I was like, oh shit, we're just zerging it. Yeah, and so it's super simple. It's just solo tank, and if you can solo heal because you want as much DPS as you can. And solo heal is really doable here. It's it's not that hard. Um, it might sound scary for your healer, but trust me, it's not. Um, and all you do is just tank the boss um, in whatever position you like. There's like a million different spots you can tank the boss in uh, that are comfortable for your raid and just zerg them down. And somewhere around about 30% um, or a little before 30%, you're going to want someone to basically sacrifice themselves to pull Tenebron off and just go, you know, taunt him and run away with him. This could be a hunter, could be a druid, it could be a DK. I like doing it with DK because you can just, you know, go Frost Presence, taunt him, Icy Touch him, Nitro Boots away, and just run away with him for a little bit. And you literally just zerg the boss down. I, I don't know what our kill times were, but they were really fast, Bob. They oh, were super yeah. fast. Yeah, I was just sitting it's, there going like, wait, because like I did it back in the day and and like I, I had had a couple of drinks by then. And, you know, we just like we we went there. I was like and we tried the trash pull where we pulled like all the trash. Like we tried to like AOE it down. We we uh, failed at it a couple of times, but it was a fun try thing. But then we go to do the boss and I'm thinking, all right, okay, I got to remember again. Portals, what's my role? And then all of a sudden we're just zerging it down. I was like, Oh, we're just, Oh, we're just zerging this. Okay. Okay. And that's a strategy on wrath that came about during old war, like basically guilds that couldn't get it down prior. Like basically with, with like full old war gear, a lot of guilds started to get it down by just doing the Zerg strat. And I was like, and I remembered it at that time. I was like, Oh, we're just zerging. And it was, it was, it was pretty cool. But, uh, mm-hmm. I think that's how everybody's probably going to do it day one, because it seems like the easiest way. Out. Can, you, can you do it on ten man? Is yeah, that, you can do it on ten man as well. You could do the the observe because I saw Zy Zyrene trying it today. They did the I I don't know if they got it done because I had to go, but uh, they did do the uh, four horse strategy in ten man, and they just had a pally with his. Uh, Heal himself, heal one other target, uh, move on, taking the other boss, and they were able to do it easy. Here's the deal with these strategies. If you're out there listening and thinking, oh, this sounds really fun, I want to do that, you need to have off specs ready. Like, off specs are the backbone of good rating and wrath. To know that, like, you're not just going to have an extra, like, in TBC, like a prot warrior sitting around doing literally nothing on a certain fight, like, or healers that you're just overhealing an encounter with, you know, like, just you need to have off specs so that your healers can drop down so you can zerg OS or um, your off tank, your off tanks aren't just sitting around with their hands in their pockets. Like, good off specs are are pretty crucial for having a good time in uh, wrath rating, especially phase one. So, off specs and alts are like, a very, 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 very important part of phase one. If you're out there listening, take this, take notes. I do have a question for that. So can you give me an order? So the, the quote unquote meta is two, two, uh, holy paladins, a disc priest, a, a resto shabby and a, uh, uh, rest, resto druid. Yep. Who, in order, do you switch to DPS, and who's the final healer standing? For these solo tank encounters, especially, like, healer is going to be your Holy Paladin. But in order, I guess we'll start reverse. Uh, the first healer out is your Resto Shaman. 
Um, I feel like their healing profile just doesn't fit anything where you'll ever need what they bring. And they don't bring anything that's unique to buff the rest of the raid. They don't have a, a revitalize, they don't have a power infusion, and they don't have any cool or useful raid cooldown that they can't already do as a DPS spec. So your rest of Shaman's out. And he's going Except, to Ellie if... what? Genuinely, he can play whatever he wants. But Enhance would yeah, probably I mean, be better. Spec, just, right? Whatever works. I mean, he'll probably have a decent Ellie set because a lot of these items can, you know, double dip. So um, most skills would probably, would probably have him go Ellie, but if it's a super sweaty, Enhance would probably be smarter. Enhance is usually going to do more than Ellie, but yeah, it's like, it's up to this guy. Like, either way works. When, when you're a healer as your main spec, I don't think people are really worried too much about where you're ending up on the DPS meters. They're, they're going to expect you down below with the Warriors, so but whatever what you if, do. What if that super sweaty Resto Shammy could top DPS when he's going DPS and top healing when he's, when he's healing? Sounds what like if? a heal enhance. <laughs> um but then next okay so your remaining healers are double h pal a disc priest and a rest of druid uh personally i would say drop one of the holy paladins um you could drop the rest of druid next it, either way it just kind of depends on the fight um but i think a, a good three heal comp would be holy paladin disc priest rest of druid next on the chopping blocks probably your rest of druid and then next after that's your disc priest okay Okay. Cool. All right. Well, yeah. And anybody else have anything they 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 want to bring out before we close up? Anything in beta? Dally, you said you hadn't for it. Any any takes? Anything I'll say that so far Nax definitely lives up to its title of being very easy. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming on the beta we already have the buffed version of the race. I'll be curious if they stick with this version of Nax or if they decide to buff it more, because I think pretty much everyone can universally agree that even with the buffs, it's still really easy. I'm not necessarily against that, but uh, if they were going for a version of Nax, a version of Nax that actually felt hard by most people's standards, they would definitely need to buff it more than it currently is. But uh, whether they do that, whether they do that or not, I guess we'll find out. Ooh, I have a question for you both. So we four of us from my guild tried to pug a uh a uh 10 a a um 10 man we tried to get six pugs we didn't really look at classes we probably should have but it went horrible right then uh balls of of um, steel and chat here mike uh i went and did a pug with him and i talked him into doing 25 man and we literally pugged like 20 people and it went way better. <laughs> like, is 25 man actually easier than 10 because of just the buff overlap? Whereas with 10, you really kind of have to look at comp. Um, I would say it just depends. It depends on who your raid leader is. It depends if you have people in voice comms. It depends on what they're doing or if they don't. Um. We had times, a really like, good, we had our guild raid leader for the 10 man, although we weren't in comms. But then we had uh, someone who doesn't normally raid lead, Casimo, who's been on the show before doing the 25 man raid leading. I think I don't, it just comes down to like what the difference between 10 and 25 man raiding, right? Like 10 man raiding has more accountability. That can be a good thing. Like you've got 10 really good players, it's going to be really a lot easier. Or if you have 10 less than good, it's like, 
if you have a 25 man, it kind of blends out the people more on, on average, it'll, it'll feel like maybe somewhat more of a similar difficulty. Whereas 10 man can be wildly different depending on who those other nine people are. Right. I, I was doing old war the other day, or I was VOD reviewing old war and old war is a really good example of this because, um, 25 man is definitely harder than 10 men every single time. It always will be. That's just how it is. But it's just like Dolly said, in 10 man, every individual person has a little more accountability. And when we lose someone to a death on a hold your hard mode, for example, it's pretty much a wipe. Like depending on the hard mode version that you're getting, you're going to it's a DPS check. If you lose someone, you probably just need to go again, especially if they die really early in 25. You could probably just res him, keep going. And 10 man, you might not have a druid in the raid, or maybe you only have one. Like yep. it, that kind of stuff, like is hard to recover from. And so, yeah, it's definitely, um, it can be a lot more challenging in 10 man. It can be given your circumstances. All right, guys. Well, I think that's going to be it. Um, we go ahead and start closing out the show. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at WC Reloaded. It's the only place we actually tweet out every time that we go live. So please make sure to follow that if you want to know exactly when we go live. Because Twitch usually will tell you about 20 minutes later or something. Um, you can also follow the Mash Those Buttons Network at the Mash Network. Uh, we encourage you to send us your wow stories. You can do so by sending to WCRpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you'd like to join our Discord and interact with the hosts of this show or any of the podcasts on the MASH net, met network, it's mash.gg slash Discord. How can you help the podcast? You could post this on, on, on Reddit because I don't like doing it because everybody's mean to me. Um, <laughs> or you could, uh, you could tell your, your guild. You could tell your friends. You could yell it at, Wal, at, at Walmart. I love Warcraft Reloaded. Just spread the word, and that is the best way. I mean, really, tell your guild is the best way because that's just like a whole bunch of people that could just possibly listen. Last thing you could do, you could leave us a rating on on, on iTunes or Apple pod, Podcasts. Uh, you could give us a star uh, review on, on Spotify. Um, and yeah, you could uh, give us a like and a comment on the the uh, YouTube version of the show, which actually is getting okay. Like it's about maybe 10% of our listeners now. So uh, keep that growing. So thank you for that. And uh, yeah, Patreon helps too. Just search Warcraft re reloaded on Patreon. And that's all the ways you can help us. All right, guys, rugs, where can we find you? Yo, you can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash R-U-G-S-Z. Uh, I try to stream as often as I can, but I'm mostly just a raid logger who turns on the camera. Um, I'm also on YouTube. Uh, you can find me there. Um, Rugs on YouTube. Um, I do and you actually list. have an actual YouTube uh, URL, because when you came on That's the show last right. time, you got it That's right there live. That's right, I do. It's uh, youtube.com slash c slash R-U-G-S-Z, I believe. So, yeah, I'm on YouTube there. I mostly just do, like, tier lists, a little bit of uh, commentary, um, and just try to give uh, as much as of whatever I can to the community uh, before Classic comes out. That's what I'm trying to do. Awesome, awesome. And Salve Dally, where can we find you, sir? 
Uh, you can find me at twitch.tv slash saldally. Uh, I have not been streaming a ton lately, but I'll definitely be back in force for Wrath. So at least for now, you can find me probably once or a couple of times a week, maybe doing speed runs or stuff like that. But uh, until then, I'll be around for Wrath for sure. You gotta you gotta get back to it because I'm you're my second longest sub streak. Oh wow! And like yeah, uh, like, like I said, I've been taking a bit of a break lately, but for sure, probably you know probably when pre patch rolls around and then definitely when Wrath comes out, we'll be back to the the full on grind. Yeah, I think I'm at sixteen or seventeen months. It's whatever you guessed it the first time. So yeah, you gotta. I, don't worry, I'm not gonna let you down for too much longer. Uh-huh, good good deal. And you can find me on Twitter at blazon underscore bob that's b-l-a-z-z-i-n underscore b-o-b and i stream now like pretty much regularly which is weird but i do and you can find that on twitch at blazon bob no underscore all right guys this was a banger we uh we miss mel but uh you guys carried me so thank you so much of course good to be on yeah. as always right, guys. thanks for having us man till next week Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 